Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I haven't met too many players that are architects yet, so... uh... We're not not opposed to player feedback, but uh, look, we do look at kind of you know what are the benchmarks you know around the country, what what you know what do players need to be successful these days. So, uh, we, to be honest with you, um, we're not as deep into the let's say assessment of this facility as we are into the stadium, but that will come. You know, we we still have I think it's six or seven years left on our lease here, so you know we'll work with UPMC and and you know try to start to see where we go here but you know there's still still a way ways to go i think to to get into this facility in a big way so that's art rooney the second in his sort of state of the steelers address that he had with local media he was asked about the facility because last year he and the steelers graded out really poorly in the nfl players association report card here's where they came in in all of the grades if you haven't heard us talk about it yesterday the other shows were able to. We So you might know where they graded, but I just want to make sure we get everybody up to speed. Treatment of families as graded by the players in the locker room. F minus. I didn't know you could go below an F, Doran. Mm, man. What's the letter after F? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. G. They really got a G if you're getting an F minus. Can you ever think about the order of the alphabet without doing the alphabet, by the way? Yes. I can't. Except for, like, M N and O something. It's right. M N L O P. Yeah, I cannot think of where letters are in the alphabet unless I say the alphabet quietly to myself. Mm-hmm. If I ever got pulled over on suspicion of DUI, if I was stone sober, which I would be because I'm not driving drunk, and they told me to do the alphabet backwards, just lock me up. Can't do that sober. Can barely walk a straight line sober. Yeah, I don't think I could do that sober. No, that's ridiculous. No. Z X. Y, W, Z Y X W V something something. Oh, See, that's where you. I yeah, think yeah. that's where everybody falls <laughs> off. Right. That is a bad sobriety check. We're calling you out, police officers of America. Find another way to determine if people are intoxicated, because we can't say the alphabet backwards. Anyway, treatment of families F minus, food and cafeteria B minus, which I would argue with, because I've had a lot of meals there with the media. Their food is outstanding. Mm-hmm. B minus. Nutrition, dietitian, D. Mm. Locker room, 
F. Training room, D+. Training staff, C. Weight room, C. Strength coaches, B+. Team travel, D. Head coach, A, which we'll get to in the second segment. Ownership, F. 31st out of all 32 owners as graded by the players, Doran. Real quick, what was the highest grade by area outside of Tomlin, outside of head coach? Strength coach, B+. Plus. Food they, cafeteria, B-. minus. B+, plus strength coach, and they just fired their strength, cast, strength staff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I just wanted to get that out there. But go ahead. We heard that clip from Rooney coming in, and he said, I've yet to see a player who's an architect. Buddy, that is a bad soundbite. Coming off of the grade last year, now the grade this year, and you go back and you hear that, haven't met a player who's an architect. Dude sounds like he's not taking it seriously. This is not college football. I get that. You don't necessarily need to sell your facilities to get players to come here. I'm sure some players factor that in. You could speak to that way better than I can, Doran. But this is something that is graded. This is something that is still important to players. And it doesn't sound to me like Art Rooney II takes that seriously at all when he's saying, I've yet to meet a player who's an architect. Well, I, I will say this. And, you know, being on the other side back in, what, 2006 to 2010, 2009-ish, um, our side was always better than the Steelers' side. And back then, our side was kind of, it wasn't even great. Like, we had a TV, we had some nasty little couches, and <laughs> we had some, you know, wooden lockers. So it's not like it is now. They have wooden lockers. They're still, man. They're, they're still there. And we would, we would go over there every once in a while to use some of the things. If something was being worked on on the pit side, we'd be able to use the Steelers' stuff. So I've obviously been in the Steelers' locker room and throughout the whole building a bunch of times. We shared a cafeteria with them back then, too. What I was told by... Guys like Heinz Ward, guys like Troy Polamalu, Ike Taylor. I remember asking them and looking around and be like, how come you guys have a ping pong table and that's it in your locker room? You don't even have a TV? Like, your lockers are older than ours. I'm like, you guys are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And every every one of those guys told me, we don't need amenities. We don't need the upgrade. We don't need the flashy stuff. This isn't college because you know what? We're the Pittsburgh Steelers and we win. And if you come here, you're a part of the winning culture. And – we don't need to sell anything but those damn trophies upstairs. <laughs> and I always be like, wow. You know, like, no man. frills, just winning. Man, what? Like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. I feel like that that's, this, that's the same type of uh, thought process they still have, except for one thing is missing no winning. Mm-hmm. They haven't won. Been seven years without a playoff victory, and the facilities are bad. And I don't know how much we can make out of the facilities are bad and hey they don't have daycare it's not a good look makes them look I mean, cheap Crowley look you know at the end of the day you have the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's one of the biggest uh sports franchises in in the country it's one of the flagship franchises in North American sports and they share a facility with a college team yeah it's not good like that like if i were a player like none of the glitz and glamour stuff would really matter i would want to be comfortable I would want to be and go to a place of work every day where I'm going to spend most of my time and be comfortable and make sure the food is good. But I walk into the building and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they share with Pitt. And their facilities are nowhere near as nice as Pitt's. Not even close. Because we've been in both. Pitt's is far and away nicer. Oh, it's like 100 times nicer Steelers. now. Yeah. Times. The Steelers are the same exact, same exact almost, except for the weight room, 
than it was when I was there 15 years ago. Yeah, it's not all that different. They they did do some changes with the media room, and they gave it to the offensive linemen. They wanted to give the, the team you know, different meeting rooms where they could put their feet up and they could do their film study, yada, yada, yada. But you'll, you'll find across the country, like Alabama's facilities are nicer than any NFL facilities. It's the juxtaposition of Pitt, which is a Power 5 program, but not one of the power brokers in the sport. The juxtaposition of that stapled literally to the Steelers facility that makes it look so bad. And I heard Caboli yesterday say, well, look, what do you expect them to do? They can't expand. They're attached to Pitt. Did the adults in the room not agree to that? Did Pitt expand? Did Pitt upgrade? Pitt upgraded, yes, hmm. absolutely. That's interesting. Why can't the Steelers do that? The Steelers could no doubt upgrade. I don't know how much legitimate expansion could happen, but that argument falls on deaf ears to me. They made the agreement with Pitt. Yeah. They made the agreement with UPMC. It was their decision to share facilities. Yeah. Like You can't sweep that under the rug. Well, they can't do anything because they have this agreement with Pitt. Who made the agreement? Come on, people. It's a bad look. But here's where it's really bad for me, Doran. You should want to keep up with the Joneses as it relates to training staff and training room and strength coach and strength, anything that has to do with nutrition. You want to be on an even playing field with your competitors. Recovery is massive. Mm -hmm. And if they were graded D plus in training room, they were graded D in nutritionist and dietitian. You're not playing on an even playing field with the franchises that are graded highly in that regard. Recovery, strength, that matters. That matters yes, it does. big time. Yes, it does. Because every team's playing under the same salary cap, right? And every team in the league, for the most part, is going to spend to that salary cap. The, the, the playing field is equal that way. Mm-hmm. You need to find little ways to either keep up or little ways to put yourself ahead of the pack. And for training room and nutrition and dietitian to be D plus and D, when all you need to do is spend a little bit more money there, it's unforgivable that they don't. I mean, that's that's the root of this conversation, really, is that they're just not willing to spend money. I mean, that's why you get into – that's why – yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, you get into a lease or whatever with uh, a roommate. <laughs> you know, like whenever you're younger and you're in college, it's like, oh, I need to get some roommates so I can cut down the cost, right? That's what the, that's what the Steelers did with Pitt, and they're not they twenty some years ago they weren't willing to pay the the amount of money for that building to be there, so they wanted to find a way to cut costs. They find a way to cut costs. They don't have a sauna, they don't have a steam room. I don't know any How NFL. Does that happen? I don't know any NFL team that doesn't have that. And you know what? A texter brings up a really good point at 412-928-9370. The text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. They just made this agreement with Acrisure. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That money doesn't go into the salary cap. No, it goes for stuff like this. Yes. Yes. And rightly or wrongly, you make the call here. Listeners at 412-928-9370. The thought about Art Rooney II is that he's cheap. That's the thought. They'll spend to the cap. They'll try to win. I will not begrudge them for always trying to win, always going for it, really thinking every year that they can be a contender, and we've seen that they've never bottomed out. You can disagree with the methods and whether that's the smart thing to do, but I think we can all say, you know what, they do try to win. This is the kind of stuff, though, the little things that really add up that matter your coaching staff routinely being one of the smallest in the NFL when you've got money to spend is maybe not even a little thing a big thing that matters they don't go above and beyond Mm -mm. and I would think outside of Pittsburgh that perception would be totally different nationally I would think that people nationally would believe oh Art Rooney the second the Steelers oh they take care of their guy right clearly not the case not when you talk to the players. And then, Doran, it just brings into question the job that Art Rooney II has done since he's, to- he, since he's took over. And for me, there's been way, way, way too much stagnation. I don't think, and this might not be fair, but I don't care. I don't think Dan Rooney would have been sitting idly by and just allowed this franchise to go seven years without winning a playoff game. I don't think Dan Rooney would have sat idly by and watched this team give up 48, 45, 45, 31 points in playoff games and nary a change is made. I don't think he would be sitting on his hands. And I think that's a valid criticism of Art, too, is that he's kind of a passenger in this whole thing. He's ball watching. And, and so I've I've had the, you know, the time and experience of being around businesses that have been ran like the Steelers and just knowing the Steelers as well and being a family business and being passed down. And usually whenever it gets passed down a generation to the second generation, the second generation usually is like, okay, like, you know, this is what I want to do because this is how I was born. This is what, you know, my dad or my mom did. I was at work with them every day. This is what I want to do. But that third generation is... Eh, do I really want to do this or is it just something that I have to do? Is it something I have to do? Because you know what? I have passion. I have passion for my family and my name. My job is really just to keep this afloat. Like this isn't really what I want to do. If this was really what Art wanted to do, why would he become a lawyer? You know, I mean, well, it, I, unless like, he thought that that would help with this, which what, I could in see. What, in what way? I think being a financial lawyer would have massive benefits. Or being, being around his dad? And being around his grandfather, I think that that would help more. It would help more, no doubt what, about what, that. What's, what's, what's Danny, the son, what did, is he a lawyer? No, he just was around and he did every single thing. Like, he's going to be the next president. He's going to be the next owner, obviously. I, I just think that in Art's mind, it's like, hey, like let's not mess this up. 
instead of like, hey, this is what I actually want to do. This is what my passion is for. It seems like he believes in the key tenets of what has made this franchise great, but almost to a fault. Like consistency, continuity. My dad didn't fire coaches. The chief thought highly of continuity, yada, yada, yada. And he's almost unflinching now to a fault. Like you can't just be continuity guy and expect that it's going to yield the same results that it did back in the day. Mm-mm. When you are in the quagmire of mediocrity that they've been in now for seven years and really longer if you think about it, I, I maybe I'm just de- deifying him. I don't think Dan would have sat here and said, nope, everything's good, it's fine, bring Tomlin back, he can hire whoever he wants on the staff. Changes, in my he, opinion, he would have made. He wanted to win. He cared about football. That's kind of what I'm trying to, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he cared because he was with his dad every single, like, this was something that he wanted to do. He had a passion for it. I don't know if Art has a passion for it. I think he wants to win, but I think he is more concerned right now with we don't want to be the laughing stock, we don't want to bottom out. I think he's more concerned with let's just keep things even, whereas Dan wanted to That's not win, win championships. It's just a different a different definition of it, and it's a bad definition of it. I agree with you, but I think he would argue, yeah, we want to win. We haven't had a losing season since 2003. But, I mean, if there's anybody that says the standard is the standard, the standard was set long, long time ago, and that was in your family. Why wouldn't you want to meet that standard? I agree. The standard is different now under this owner. There's no question about that. There's none. You can comment, 412-928-9370. Texter, don't think Asana's going to get you a playoff win. That's not the point. The point is there are little things that you can do that are going to help, like nutrition, like weight room. You're also going to keep your players happier, happier, and you've got money to spend. But really, this has just led us down a rabbit hole to talk about Art Rooney II overall. Yeah, having Asana doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden, oh, wow, Kenny Pick was in the sauna for 30 minutes yesterday. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. It's just a jumping off point. It's, it's, it's like having an iPhone 7 and everybody else has a 15. It's like you got to get a 15. Keep up with the damn Joneses. Right. Turn over every possible stone. And then here's the other thing. When the Players Association, when your players last year grade you poorly, I don't care if it, I don't care if it actually matters at all in the bottom line of winning or losing. Your players are saying... Our working conditions aren't good enough, and you've now done nothing. That's an awful, awful sign. It's 614. Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. You can tweet us. Brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. You can comment on all that. We said a lot. 412-928-9370. We're going to talk to you coming up next. But also, we kill Rooney for the bad grades. Someone got a good grade, and no one is seemingly talking about that. Why? Texter, and I knew we'd get some of these today. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Texter says, these are millionaire athletes. They don't need to be coddled. We're talking about owners being graded here, people. Yeah. Owners who are making and have billions of dollars. Why do fans, some fans, relate more with the owner than the players? I don't know. It is always baffling to me. It's baffling to me, Doran. These guys are billionaires, and they can't shell out a couple extra million to make sure that the players have amenities. And here's the other thing, real quick, I'm sorry. Not all these players are bajillionaires. 
Like the collective bargaining agreement is as important for things like the franchise tag as it is for like the practice squad, expanding the yeah. practice squad, things of that nature. There are guys who are going to make the NFL play for three years, make their nut, probably make more money than the, than at any other point in their lives in those three years, who are also risking CTE, their bodies being maimed, never being the same people whenever they get out into the real world, that are going to do things like work in finance. Mason Rudolph said it this year that he was thinking about a career outside of football if things hadn't gone differently. You're looking at him. I'm looking at you. Yeah, literally the the example. Do you I mean, not, not have to make your life your living now doing yeah. something else? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, this is not for uh, you know anybody to feel sorry. Like I mean, we don't feel sorry. It's just the situation. And like, look, like guys, like this was a survey. There wasn't you know a plethora of players that come out and say the Steelers facilities stink, the Steelers uh, ownership stinks. No, they were asked a question in an honest assessment on what's going on. Right. We all get surveys bad. at work. Right. Right. They're still going to show up. That is a wonderful point, Doran. This wasn't the players passing around a petition right. going, we don't have daycare for a reasonable cost. Oh, boo-hoo us. Oh, our training staff sucks. Oh, our training room's bad. Oh, we hate the owner. No, every team fills these out. We have them at work every year. Our boss will send us an email. Hey, anonymous survey. How are the working conditions? How's everything going? I'm sure it happens everywhere, but... The things I'll write in that, actually, I wrote a lot of good things, but the things I'll write in that, it's not like I'm walking around the office every day going, oh, God, Jesus, woe is me. This sucks. That sucks. Why is the water fountain water pressure so bad? God, the vending machine. No, I don't do that. None of us do that. Mm -mm. But you are asked a specific set of questions in these surveys, and you answer them honestly, and every team had to do this, and ownership was 31st for the Steelers. 31st. One of the little discussed things, though, over the last 24 hours to come out of this, though, was Tomlin got an A. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. No. If we're going to put so much stock in this to where we're going to crush the franchise and tear down the owner, don't you have to give a little kudos to Mike Tomlin for getting an A? He was fifth in the NFL out of all the coaches. A. Now, that has nothing to do with winning. I do think there's a little bit of... We like the guy. Yes. Doesn't mean he's a great coach. Doesn't mean that he's done a good job these last seven years. But you like the guy. That's that's what I take from that. Like, I, I think about all the coaches that I've had. And, you know, I think about Ken Wisenhunt and I think about Jim Schwartz when I was in Detroit. Like, I would have given them an A and we didn't win a lick. We didn't win anything. But the day-to-day structure and how he handled it and, you know, you know, coming into a meeting sometimes, it's like, okay, we're just in helmets today. Like, little things like that instead of full bats. Like, Th- that's why you give somebody like Mike Tomlin an A, and everybody says he's a player's coach, and in a way he is, but he he takes care of the players that are there, and that's why he gets an A, even though it's not about really winning. It's about how do I walk into work and how do I feel? Like when we walk into work and we get, and we just talked about it, we get to talk to Craig, and sometimes we talk about work, sometimes we just BS. Like those are the little things. Those are the things that reason why that Mike Tomlin gets A's and the reason why I guess people even on the national stage talk about him the way they do is those little things. And you, you can you can grade that way without looking at the wins or losses. Yes. And, and that's that's the line that that I'm trying to walk here in my discussion of it. Like, just because they give Tomlin an A doesn't mean that they necessarily agree with all of his coaching practices and his game plans <laughs> and schematics, and who's playing when maybe they think another guy should be playing. But from what I've read, 
And one of the NFLPA guys was asked about this yesterday. Like, It's about Mike Tomlin being approachable. You can talk to him. He is a player's coach. I think that gets thrown around sometimes as a pejorative. I don't ever look at that as a bad thing, uh, especially with the times now. Like, you need to be able to relate to young people. He's been in the league now for a decade and a half plus, and he's still able to relate to young players. That should be a good thing. Now, there are exceptions, obviously, and we talked about them all of this year. Yeah. But he's popular with his players because they view him maybe not quite as an equal or as a peer, but as somebody that's going to give them the time of day. Yes. And that's different from, oh, this is a coach that we know, we trust implicitly everything he's going to tell us as it relates to football. Those are different things. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he's done a good enough job the last seven years, but it it doesn't mean he wouldn't be popular with the players. Mm-hmm. Like there are teachers that I loved because they treated me well and with respect, but I didn't necessarily agree with their methods. Right? You know? Yeah. I think that's where it comes down for Tomlin. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. You can get in on this conversation, Jeff Hathorn. We're going to talk to him about this coming up at seven thirty five on the Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing an HVAC provider for over 50 years. Up next, we're going to continue to look at these Steelers' grades, and we're going to talk about what we were able to do in high school, in college, with our grades. Callis, are you ready for this? You're coming You're coming out with your GPA, baby, when we come back. Because there was one class in college and in high school I never got higher than a D in Doran. All right, some more added context to the NFLPA player survey. Mike Tomlin graded out so highly, Doran, because of his allotment of time he gives the players for certain things, like his use of time. They think he manages time well, Mm -hmm. which is ironic because I think he's really bad at managing the clock at the end of football games. That's neither here nor there. The other thing was Mike Tomlin was very willing, quote-unquote, to listen to the locker room, ranking ninth best in the league in that area. So those are the areas where Tomlin graded high. They also graded okay with strength and conditioning with uh, their their strength coach getting a B-plus, but now, now he's gone. <laughs> they got rid of those guys. And then you got stuff like this. I'm going to go on a soapbox just for a second here. Doran, if you don't mind. So NFLPA president J.C. Treader says that the Chiefs owner Clark Hunt was the lowest graded NFL owner because there was a lack of follow-through on a promise. He said last offseason, that that offseason, the Chiefs were going to get a brand new locker room. And then that didn't happen. He said it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. And his excuse was, well, we didn't have enough time in the offseason because we played so late because we had the Super Bowl. I don't know that that's legitimate or not. I feel like you can get it done. But you got guys like Dulac, and Dulac's come under fire on this show in the last couple of days. He quote tweeted that J.C. Treader quote and said... Shame on those insensitive, cheap Chiefs not fixing the locker room at the expense of building a three-time Super Bowl champion. Bastards. Those things are not mutually freaking exclusive, dweebs. They're not. You can give amenities to the players because you're a billionaire owner Mm -hmm. and still win. In fact, the goal for every owner should be to give your players state-of-the-art equipment every single year, and to also win. Fans don't care. Fans want to see their team win. Yeah. Chiefs fans are happy. Chiefs fans probably read this and don't give a rat's ass. Nope. I get that from a fan's perspective. 
But when media are taking up for these owners, well, they build a champion. That's where they poured their money into. They've got enough money for both. You know, Pirates ownership just came under fire in that athletic piece. Well, the amenities aren't great. It's either this or that. It's either $8 million for the facility or it's $8 million for the payroll. Well, they've got enough money to do both. The Steelers have enough money to do both. The Chiefs have enough money to do both. way I see it, there's no excuse to not have state-of-the-art stuff for every team in the NFL. No excuse. It's not mutually exclusive. No. Like, one does not mean you can't do the other. And when you promise something, follow through. What are you, a politician? Yeah. Like, you say it's going to happen, it should happen. And if not, then you deserve criticism for lying. That's what that is. That's a lie. We're going to do it. Now we don't. That's a lie. But we're going to take up for the billionaire owners. You know, people look at these, at these players. Oh, they're, they're millionaires. These players get to play football for their livelihoods. These owners wipe their butts with $50 bills. Yeah. It, it, it's, so it's, it's very interesting to me because I know how people like that think and they don't want to be one-upped. And whenever you have somebody like Jerry Jones building a stadium like he did, you saw a, a portion of owners like, oh, man, I can't let Jerry do that. Well, you know, L.A., we got to build a new stadium. And in Minnesota, we got to build a new stadium. Buffalo's about to build a new stadium. And then there's the, one, there's the owners that are like, eh, we don't care. It's usually you keep up or you try to one-up each other because you can because you have the money because you can just do whatever you want. You know, we've had this conversation before. Tax Taxpayers are going to fund these stadiums because that's the way it's been. And yep. so it just happens. But every single one of these owners has the, the capital. And with their minority ownership groups, they have the money yes. to be able to pay for these stadiums. Yes. They do. Even, I mean, stadium. We're talking, not, no, I mean. Millions 20, and millions and millions of dollars. And then, and then and let's get, I mean, lower scale, what the, this article is really about. Or this, you know, NFLPA thing is about is you know just upgrades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's just up- like I mean, it's not. We're not talking a billion dollar stadium. We're like, talking about fifteen million dollar upgrade. Right. Cam Hayward should not have the same locker today that he had back then. And he does. Like and, literally does. And the the childcare thing too. You know, people say they these players can afford to pay the going rate for childcare that the Steelers are charging. So can the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The Steelers can make it more affordable. In other places in the league, it's more affordable. I'm not comparing, we're not comparing the Pittsburgh Steelers to other business. We are comparing them to their peers, to the other 31 franchises in the NFL, and they're not picking up their end of the bargain. All right, switching gears momentarily. As we're looking at the NFL Players Association grades for the Pittsburgh Steelers, what's the worst grade you ever got? What class? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, I've gotten the worst grade in probably every class but gym. You were good at gym, huh? That was decent. Best sport. Dodgeball. Oh, man. Dodgeball. I can't imagine being on the other side of a Doran Dickerson rubber ball. They used to. Friggin' rocket launcher. So, I mean, it got to a point in high school when I was like a junior and senior in high school. Like, I didn't have to partake in gym class because it was kind of pointless, right? But what the gym teachers used to do was call me out of other classes if they had a student um, not wanting to partake in gym class. And we'd have dodgeball, and I would play to take care of the student. And then I would say, sorry, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> but I would have gym teachers call me out of class and be like, yeah, this student's acting up. We're going to play some dodgeball. Come on, I need you on the other team. I would have loved to compete athletically with you in my prime in high school, Doran. No, you would not. Sure I would. Nope. I think it'd be fun. That's one of the weirder things I've ever heard yeah. said on this air. You think you would have kept up? 
Were no, you a, but were you I a gym class hero? Just because it would have been, yeah, I was. But. I was. I always tried so hard in gym because I wasn't blessed athletically that I was actually pretty good there. Because mm-hmm. I would, I'd, go, I'd dive for balls and softball and crap like that. Mm-hmm. No, when I say fun, I don't mean that I would have succeeded more often than not. I just meant it would have been fun. That's all. Hmm. Do you know what I got my worst grade in? There are oh. two. College was different than. High school, mm, like a, a specific class, English. I I did okay in English when I would apply myself. That was math, my problem. Definitely math. Math. I took one math class in college because I hated it so much. You didn't have to take more. Mm-mm. I had to take a journalism statistics class. I might have had to take one more, like a one hundred and one kind of deal. Right. I avoided math at all costs. I did. I tried to too. But I, that was one where you had to apply yourself, or you get terribly embarrassed. So I would get, like, C's in math. Everything else I didn't do is great. My parents will kill me to this day because I probably could have gotten scholarships because I do think I'm smart enough, but I just didn't apply myself. I routinely got D's in Spanish. Well, that's... that's uh, Conjugating that's understa- verbs. That's understandable. That's hard. Yes, that's It's a whole different language, that Spanish. That's understandable. I had a class. The guy at Mount Lebanon High School. His name, we called him Don Ho. I don't know what Don means in Spanish, but I think it's a term of endearment. I think it's a term for respect. I think it means, yeah, Don. Oh. (laughs) It tells you why I got a D in Spanish. I acted out in that class. I feel bad about it to this day. I was very insecure early on in high school. I acted out in that class, making people laugh, and I just bombed. And then the other one, in college... Freshman year, you got to take this university library online course. So every Thursday night, you had to write up some library crap. Thursday night online. Well, it was Thirsty Thursdays. Bad time. Doran, four times I had to retake that class. Really? Four. Because it was due Thursday nights. I had other things on my mind, like girls and beer and getting fat. I feel like college was easier school-wise than high school. You just have freedom to have fun, and then... They treated you more like... You're an adult. Yeah, as your professional. Like, I could negotiate. Like, that's what I was telling you when we were doing the show. I was like, I, met, I saw a couple of my teachers about a, about a year ago, and they are like, yeah, you, you, you struggled in high school with school. And I'm like, well, I knew that I didn't have to really do as much, and I didn't really care for school because I was an athlete, and I had, you know, charisma, and I knew that if I was nice and... Did some certain things that you know it would be you know I would pass. be okay. You'd pass. And I feel like in college, like it was kind of the same way. It was like you know you negotiate. It's like hey, you know I can't make it. I got practice. I'm sorry. How about I go do this instead of you know actually making it to this uh, you know extra study session? If I could get credit for there, like oh, okay, yeah, that works. yeah. Why not? Yeah, as long as you do it. Yeah, Mr. All American Tight End, yeah. go on. I guess it's a little different. Oops. Well, for me, I was failing my English class senior year because I didn't read the books. Half-assed the papers off of Spark Notes, and I had a teacher, Mr. Miss Lifchick. I hope I'm not getting him in trouble if he's still at Mount Lebanon High School. Who, like two weeks before the end of term, said, "You're gonna fail and not be able to leave here. Write a paper on X, and I'll give you extra credit if it's good enough, and I'll bump you up to a D so you pass." And that's what happened. But you have never met a lazier person on the face of the earth than me, senior year. There's a total line in the sand. Grades were okay. I got into West Virginia, accepted, did nothing the rest of the year. Just total half assery. Oh, my. Would show up late, would never go to class. Yeah. If you're driving your kids to school right now, 
Tell them to not be like me. Me too. Tell them to be like Dorn. Feed them their spinach. (laughs) Coming up next, the most perfect thing in sports may soon change, and it drives me up a wall. And then something that did just change might change again before we ever see the actual change take place. Does that make sense? It will when you hear our next segment. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Richard Lewis passed away yesterday. I saw that. I had an interaction with him. Really? Yes. When? I'll tell you about it a little bit later on in the show. Because I think we could also do best celebrity interactions that we've had. You've probably had more than me. But I'll tell the people about my my conversation. I'll be a brief with Richard Lewis. How about that? Mm -hmm. I like that. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. And this is going to sound insensitive, but it's a segue R.I.P. to the NCAA tournament. The way that we know it. There is there are some legs to NCAA tournament expansion. I saw Joe Lenardi, who I've said, don't kill Joe Lenardi. He's just passing along the metrics. Well, you can kill Joe Lenardi for this. He wants to expand the tournament to 80 teams. No, no. And he says expand it to 80 because there's that push to expand it up over 100. And he says, well, this is the lesser of two evils. Can we not be smart enough to just keep it the way that it is? Why are you so against it? Because I think it's hard to get into the tournament. Look at Pitt. Pitt's a good basketball team. You can't convince me otherwise. I don't care if they get in or not. They're 18-10. and 10. They've got a good conference record. They have great wins on the road. They pass my eye test. They've got one of the best players in the country. It's hard, though, to get in. It is. And that's great. Last year, West Virginia was riding the bubble. Pitt was riding the bubble. Those were good basketball teams. And I think the best version of an NCAA tournament is, unfortunately, when good teams get left out. That means you've got a strong field. I think the NCAA tournament, as presently constructed, is the most perfect thing in sports. See, like I, I, I would be the opposite. Like, There's some good teams that get left out that should be in the tournament that could probably be, you, make a splash. You've got to make it hard. You've got to make it hard. And I... Some people say that the regular season in college basketball doesn't mean much. People don't even start paying attention unless you're a big, hardcore fan until after football's over. If you expand it to 80 teams, if you expand it to 115 or whatever it is, the, the, the proposal, the regular season really means jack crap. You think about the next four out therein, the next, next four out therein, the next, next, next four out therein. The bubble's going to be teams that are like 17 and 15 then. I just, I, I'm not here for that. What What is so wrong with the current format? We're going to watch it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to gamble on it. The entire country is going to gamble on it. Productivity falls by the wayside for businesses all throughout the country. People line up to get vasectomies during the NCAA tournament because it's wonderful. The only reason it's going to change is because TV knows that there's dollars there and you want more inventory and you know it's going to draw eyeballs Going to 80 teams is just such a bridge too far for me. I guess what I would change is, like, I would only, if you're a conference champion in a smaller school, yeah. I don't think you should ha- you should be part of, the, like, the first four or stuff like that or have play-in games. Like, I guess I could be okay with changing that. But mm-hmm. expansion to me is a non-starter. And then the college football playoff. It's going to go up to 12 teams this year. Well, now, according to Ross Dellinger, who's super tapped in with Yahoo Sports, he reports that a 14-team playoff now is in the works with three automatic qualifiers to the Big Ten and the SEC, 
two automatic qualifiers for the Big 12 and the ACC, and then one automatic qualifier to group of five plus three at large. We concocted this scenario before the show. Yep. Let's say Pitt and Wake Forest hmm, are playing in the ACC championship game. If there's two automatic qualifiers, are we going to see those teams sit? Would Kenny Pickett have sat in the ACC championship? I don't know. Not because he would want to, but maybe because the coaching staff would say, hey, listen, we're already in the, the big field. Who cares about an ACC championship? I think it would vary from school to school. Like if West Virginia and Kansas met, but both teams were automatically into the Big 12, into the to the NCAA, uh, the, the college football playoff, you might rest guys. Because mm-hmm. what's more important, a national championship or a conference championship? Well, if that were the case, tell me if this sounds dumb. I don't know. I just made this up in my head. If that were the case and you had a team that had a better record and both were in the ACC championship game and one team was you know, significantly better than the other, that one team that is better gets to buy and then the third team plays the ACC championship game to see if they can get into the playoffs. You know what? That is a good point. If you won the, if you won the ACC, you would then get a, you would get a buy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's but a you good win. point. You win now. It's like okay, the ACC championship game is to go to the okay, playoffs. That that that's that's legit. That that would be a, a fine incentive is to get to skip out on an opening round game. Yeah, that is. I just think we're getting to a place where if you want to expand the NCAA tournament to eighty teams, it's everybody gets a trophy society. It's far too easy. And now, I, I we, we all agree that the fourteen playoff in college football is not good, but. <laughs> How many teams we got to add there than devaluing the regular season? Like expansion, 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 expansion. And you know what, Doran? It's not for the betterment of the game. It's yeah. It's for television. Right. Yes. Like if 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 you told me that all of these athletic directors and all these executives got in a room and they thought it advanced the sport and it was for the betterment of the sport, you might be able to convince me expansion's good in both cases. If they could make a compelling argument that this is good for the sport. Is anything good for the sport anymore? It's all about TV. Conference realignment's all about TV. NIL. NIL. Good, that, good for the players. Good for the, is it good for the sport? It's, it's, I'll say this about NIL. It's the first good thing for the players, so I'm willing to be okay with the chaos it's caused for college football okay. because everything else about college football right now is all about lining the pockets of, of people who are already rich. Mm-hmm. And the players... It was unpaid labor. There's a lot that they got. They got scholarships. You you were there. You benefited from that. That's great. But you were bringing in millions of dollars. You were putting butts in seats. People go to Alabama because they've won national championships, right? Like, enrollment goes up in schools when they win. They make money off of this. The players should get more than just a scholarship. So I'm actually... NIL, I don't think, is good for the game. It's for good you. for the players. It's and good I, for the players. I can make my peace with that. Okay. You don't like it? No, I, I I agree, but I mean, for the sport, I don't think that anything is good for the sport anymore. I think that's all out the window. Yeah. So now that it's out the window, it's opened up the window, and you could just do whatever you please to please whoever you need to please, and that's the people who are making the most money. Yeah. So like now, like the floodgates are open. So it's like, okay, let's just do whatever we got to do to, you know, everything's on the table. Co- collegiate sports. Who cares e- about the sport? You go back, dude, in, in 20 years, and that might even be too far, 10 years from now. College football, college basketball are going to be unrecognizable versus in 2010. Unrecognizable. Totally different. Yeah. Coming up next, Mike Florio. He's doing his rounds at the NFL Scouting Combine. Doing some legwork. I burp. Sorry. And what he's found? 
is some information on the Steelers quarterback situation. We'll get to that coming up next. But first, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I think the stuff Eli reported 10 days ago is accurate. I was talking to some people last night. And as stupid as it sounds, they're going to do the Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph thing. Unless they've got one hell of a poker face here, and they're trying to set up some kind of a deal that's going to catch us all by surprise, they are doing this Pickett and Rudolph and hope for the best competition. Son of a flip-flop! That's how I swear around my four-year-old daughter, Doran. Makes sense. Yeah. I really want to swear after I hear Mike Florio tell the PM team yesterday that he's walking around the NFL Combine gathering information, and the information he's gathered is that the Steelers are hoping to go with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph this year. I was hoping the beat writers were wrong about this. I was hoping that it was all, well, the Steelers never swing for the fences. The Steelers never do the big thing, so they're not going to do it now. Because that's what happened with Canada, right? Mm-hmm. We had Caboli on, you have Fittipaldo on. Fittipaldo was actually on it. He said, I think they could fire Canada. Every other beat writer to a man said, they don't do this, so they're not going to do it. And that's what I was hoping with this Kenny Pickett-Mason-Rudolph quarterback situation, is that it's all the beat writers doing what they always do, which isn't necessarily carrying water for the franchise, but knowing the way the franchise operates, kind of guessing, educated guessing, right? But now Florio, who's talking to everybody, who's super tapped in, is saying they're really going to do this. And I am depressed. Does it surprise you? Kind of. Really? Kind of. Because I was holding out hope that they were kind of doing the Kenny Pickett smokescreen thing. There seemed to be a ton of momentum that the Steelers were really into Malik Willis before that draft. And I thought, I had been fooled by all of it, that if they went quarterback, that they would go with Malik Willis. Dulac even reported they weren't going to get a quarterback. There were smoke screens left and right. And what did they wind up doing? Drafting Kenny Pickett. Now, 
I think Peter King was on the picket express. Like he he seemed to think that that was what was going to happen. And so I thought, okay, the the local media got it right with Kenny. One big time star in the national media got it right with Kenny. Maybe the national media who's connecting fields to the Steelers and Russell Wilson to the Steelers, maybe they know something and the local media is wrong. But now you've got a big-time voice in the national media who is tapped in saying it's going to be Rudolph and Pickett. Maybe I was hoping against hope. Maybe I was pie in the sky believing in Santa Claus like 12-year-old Crowley. That's right, believed for a very long time. But, yeah, I, I guess I'm a little bit shocked that they think that this is their best foot forward, Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. We saw what it looks like, man. Like It makes so much sense that they would go elsewhere that I'm surprised that really smart people like Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, and Mike Tomlin wouldn't do the smart thing here, which is to look to upgrade the position. I mean, this is an end-all, be-all, though, is it? Like, I mean, there still could be a smoke screen. It could be, but... Are you saying just for Justin Fields, or are you saying for just any other quarterback? It sounds like they're just going to do the Pickett-Rudolph thing. And I would believe that the local media could get smoke screen like with Kenny Pickett easier than the national media, but this is a national guy saying that he thinks they're going to do the Rudolph-Kenny thing. That's the scuttlebutt. And it upsets me because whether it happened or not, I wanted to hear that they're turning over every stone. Like Kyle Dubas, did it make sense to get Eric Carlson? Was it easy to get Eric Carlson? The answer to question two is no. The answer to question one upon hindsight is probably no, but at the time it made sense. That's what it's. That's what it looks like turning over every single stone. Mm-hmm. When you are a ten and seven team, that most people would agree is a quarterback away from maybe making some noise, and you're not going to look in every nook and cranny to improve that position. Yeah, man, call me naive. I I thought that this is a franchise that cared about winning and would try to do something like that. And now it sounds who, like who they're says not. They, who says they didn't try? Florio. They didn't try at all. It I mean, they didn't. They like didn't they call they were his agent. Never linked. That they're that they're not even considering getting Justin Fields or Russell Wilson or being in on any of the free agent quarterbacks. Sounds like they're never interested. And that saddens me because that's not what we talked about it in the first segment. That's not what a flag bearing North American franchise should be all about. Status quo. Staying in the middle. Not looking to shoot for the for the stars in terms of making this a better football team. And maybe the last seven years should have told me that they're not interested in doing any of those things, that they're just interested in being mediocre. mediocre. But Well, you got to look at it this way, too. If they were to you know, put their neck out there and try to get, say, Justin Fields, and that doesn't work, look how far behind that they'll be at that position. Like, they're already behind now. Do you want to push yourself behind farther from somebody that's unproven? So you're saying that if it leaked that they were even interested in Justin Fields, that would be bad for Kenny's psyche? No, I'm saying that if they were to even get Justin Fields and it wouldn't pan out, Justin Fields is such an unknown. That you know, if it didn't pan out, then you you know, you didn't pan out with Kenny, didn't pan out Justin Fields, you're years and years behind and have to make up that ground. I'm not sure everybody looks at it this way, but when the Pirates traded for Chris Archer, even though it flopped terribly, it bought me some it bought them some some credit from me. Like They actually went and did the thing we had been asking them to do. Now, when Kyle Dubas got Eric Carlson, it immediately made me respect him more. Yeah, but Eric, Eric Carlson's not a great comparison because Eric Carlson played at a high level last year, and he's a big-time player. 
okay, fine, then do the Chris Archer one. Like, sometimes you buy credit with me just by going for it. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't work out, just show me that you're trying. And this screams to me, we're not trying. And I don't think any Steelers fan should be okay with that. Even if you are the biggest Kenny Pickett defender on the face of the earth, and you say he's got the fourth quarter comebacks, and he's got moxie, and he's a football player, all of which are fair things if if you were trying to look glass half full, you should still want them to try to upgrade. It, is it an upgrade, though, is the question. It's but too it, close to not be. It would be trying to upgrade is what I'm saying. And that's good enough for me. Maybe that's not good enough for other people. Maybe it's not good enough for you. Let's just get Justin Fields and see. Right. Well, what's he really going to do? That's what Dulac wrote the other day. Like, what do they really see in Justin Fields? To me, it's just it's taking a shot at improving the most important position in sports. And it might fail. I'm always okay with failure if the process is correct. And the process here should be, can we find somebody better than Rudolph and Kenny Pickett? I've had conversations. We've had conversations with Craig. You're going to throw random stuff out there for radio segments. Some of them are going to hit and people will be talking about them forever. Wow, that was an unbelievable bit. I can't believe they got away with that. A lot are going to fall flat. But do you try? This is a lack of trying, and I can't get behind that. If they landed on Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, but we heard they couldn't swing a deal with Fields, but they tried. Or they tried to convince Russell Wilson to come in here, and he wouldn't. That would actually make me feel okay. I wouldn't love the end result, but they would show the effort to try to get better. And now it just seems like before even the combine, before free agency, before the draft, nah, we're good with what we've got. And that's not good enough for me. Just try. What's that stupid saying you'll see on the walls of like kindergartens? Shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll wind up among the stars. Mm. Just shoot for it, baby. Who's to say they're not going to draft one? Would you be okay with that? Yes. Yes, I would be okay with that because at least it would be a tacit admission of what we've got isn't great and we want to try to have somebody compete for that position. But I'm not talking I'm not talking third round or later. Like if they drafted a quarterback, even one that I didn't like, to my point, trying. If they drafted a quarterback that I didn't like at pick 20, a quarterback that I didn't like in the second round, I would at least make my peace with they understand that there's a problem here and they're trying to fix it. Right now what they're trying to do is say Kenny Pickett will be better with Arthur Smith or Mason Rudolph, what he did at the end of last year is not a mirage, and we think he can go to another level with Arthur Smith. I think that's a bad gamble. I think you need to try a little bit harder than they are. What do you think? 412-928-9370. Some will say, you're talking about quarterback. A lot. Yeah, we are. It's the most important position in sports for the most popular team in town. And they're sitting on their hands. I don't know why people are okay with that. But it's not just that where there's a problem. Mike Florio also said on the PM team yesterday, Doran, that his recon mission didn't end in just talking about Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. He asked around about another stealer, and the response he got about said player was not good, Doran. You didn't hear this, did you? I don't think so. Oh, we got a humdinger from Mike Florio coming up next. It is 7-13. 
Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you could pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. You can tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. We'll let you hear Mike Florio's comments coming up next. And as much as I love George Pickens, and I'm a big George Pickens supporter, I picked up some stuff on how he's viewed by high-level executives with other teams, and it's not good. It's not good. The returns on George Pickens, at least as it relates to his reputation, among others who might have scouted him when he was coming out of Georgia and did homework on him then, it's, it's just not good. And people aren't surprised that Mike Tomlin's having challenges keeping him under control i don't know that that's super surprising i mean he fell in the draft and some said it was because of the injury we see guys with that kind of injury get drafted in the first round i mean there were concerns with george pickens here's the thing about pickens though dorn we didn't hear nary a peep from that guy when the quarterback play got better like when Mason Rudolph was the quarterback and he was accruing statistics and yards and touchdowns, he wasn't the malcontent. It's funny how that works. Like I don't I, I've gone back and forth on this. Like earlier last year when Kenny Pickett was the quarterback and things weren't going great, he was a problem. He had the social media thing. Deontay Johnson was a problem. He quit on that play. He said some things. Heck, he even had problems with Mitch Trubisky going back the year before. I don't think George Pickens is a problem if you get good quarterback play. If the offense is good, I don't think he complains. He wants the ball. He's a wide receiver. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's a big deal if you're not playing well. If the quarterback's not playing well, he's going to be a problem. If the quarterback's playing okay, I think he's just going to shut up. I think he's just going to play football. That's a huge red flag. Okay. Why? Well, it's like it's like you know my my youngest son. It's like he'll cry and cry and cry until I give him what he wants, and he's not crying. Like, whenever I say no, or it, 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 no means no, so stop crying. You're not going to get it. But if I give him what he wants, then he's going to stop crying. I mean, so it's okay. If, like, it, so you getting the ball, now you're going to stop crying? And that's the only thing that changes? Like, this is football. It's a team. Like, if it's bad, you have to get through the bad. And it shouldn't change the way that you approach the game. It shouldn't change the way that you play. Like, now that the quarterback changes and you're getting the ball, now you're happy? Like, how are you supposed to win with that type of mentality? I don't think he's unique in being a receiver and feeling that way, though. Like, we've seen this before in the league. Well, I know the great ones, they get through it. I mean, Andre Johnson, how many good teams did he ever play on? Calvin Johnson, how many good teams did he ever play on? Bad teams, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they wouldn't get the ball, but would they pout? No, they would just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing because they know that they have to do a job. Like, you don't just, you can't just force feed to make somebody happy. I'll agree that you would like an even performance from him. And in, really, even mentality from him. Even mentality, yeah. No matter what's going on. I will say, I do think if you get good quarterback play, he's not going to be an issue. The problem is, we just talked about it in the last segment. Florio, same guy with this report, gave us the other report. They're coming back with the same quarterbacks next year. If Mason Rudolph's the starter from day one, you're probably not going to have a problem with George Pickens. Doesn't sound like you're going to have a problem with Deontay Johnson. If it's Kenny Pickett, you are going to have a problem. And that is an issue. That's where it becomes an issue. Like, if they went out and got Justin Fields, or they went out and got Russell Wilson, I don't think that these guys would be problem children, right? I don't think that they would be malcontents. But you're coming back with the same two quarterbacks, according to Dulac, according to Mike Florio. If that's the case, that's when you'll find a problem. And that's where you're going to find the, the, the split locker room. That's why even 
Hey, we did the last segment. I said, the Steelers are taking me off right now because they're not turning over every stone. They're also reportedly bringing back a situation that is going to create a locker room divide. If you believe in Kenny and you want Rudolph back, I don't think you can have it both ways, Steelers. You can have one or the other. You can have one be the starter or one not be on the roster the way I see it. Rudolph can either come in and be the starter or there's going to be problems. Or Rudolph can't be on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a competition and Kenny wins it, I think you're going to have a certain number of guys, those two in particular, that are going to have a big problem with it. And then how does that affect the locker room dynamic? I don't think that they have a problem with Kenny and they just want better quarterback play out of Kenny. And if they get that, then they'll be fine. So I think that that's what the Steelers are counting on. To your point about George Pickens' temperament mentality, I wonder if he's going to give Kenny a fair shot. He better. No doubt. That's that's the guy that's going to be on the knee in the huddle. You better. I mean, you you can't worry about that other stuff. You have to go play. But you just said that it's a huge red flag for Pickens. Do you think that he is going to play as hard for Kenny? Do you think he's not going to pout with Kenny? And then, and then that points to the head coach because you can't, you're not going to win games if you have people acting like that. And the ultimate thought process of playing football is to win. And then the individual stuff will come after you win. If you have a guy that is upset that the quarterback is different and he's going to pout, I mean, you got to look at some other options. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, I, I, I don't even disagree with that. That okay, if this is the way he's going to behave and you really feel like it's such a detriment to the locker room, you'd want to try to trade him, right? Yes. But it sounds like there'd be precious few takers in the NFL, according to Florio, that he's looked at by executives as a guy that was always going to be a problem, and they're not surprised by the problem he's become. Like He either needs to perform here in Pittsburgh, or you're probably going to have to... I mean, you'd either cut him then at some point, or you'd have to let him play out the string on his contract. Because it doesn't sound like he's going to have takers. Even Chase Claypool had a taker in the Chicago Bears. And I wonder how much that plays into it, too. The last guy, that didn't work out so hot, and they got fleeced, and now you got Joey Porter Jr. Do you want to get fleeced by the Steelers again? I'm not saying that this is anything that would happen in, in any, you know, re, like it's not going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. Like They're going to play it out this year. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I do, th- I do think you're, bar- you're you're barking up trouble tree if it's Rudolph and Kenny with what's now being said about George Pickens in football circles. Well, George Pickens has to look at the bigger picture. If he goes out there and he pouts because he's not getting the ball, if he goes out there and pouts because Kenny Pickett is the quarterback, like does he think he's going to get a second contract? Does he think that somebody's going to pay a lot of money for his services? Like you, th- that's it's it's about the team, but it's also about the individual too. That you have to do everything possible and put the best things you can on tape for you to get paid later down the road. If he puts bad stuff on tape, and and whoever is advising him needs to tell him like you can't put that bleep on tape because nobody is going to pay you. Do you think it's a young thing? 
Yeah, a little bit. Because it's clearly, I mean, obviously it's immaturity. It's, 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 you know what it is? And I know that Mike Taubman got an A, and he got an A for, for a lot of good reasons. But also, I think it's a situation where, you know, you, you stay out late and you know that your parents aren't going to ground you. They'll just be like, don't do that again. I can get away with it. Yeah, did you have a good childhood? Yeah, I did. Well, were your parents strict? No. no. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And then you you abuse you abuse the 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 things that you're given and it's like, okay, like kids are, you know, people are smart. It's like, oh, I can get away with it. I didn't get punished the first time. I didn't get punished the second time, so I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's more that issue than being a young issue, but at the same time it works together. Like I think he knows that he can get away with it, so he can act that way. Yeah, what I said at the beginning of this segment, you know, I don't know that that was a smart thing. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, like, oh, it's not a big deal so long as the quarterback plays good. Well, guess what? The quarterback play is probably not going to be great. Like, you, you, can, you can see a circumstance where Arthur Smith and the weapons that they have, if they augment this roster a little bit, can get more out of Kenny Pickett. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be enough to make George Pickens feel good. And it doesn't sound like they're going to make a change at quarterback. Like, are they in the business of trying to make George Pickens feel good is kind of what I'm saying. You're in the business of winning, and yeah. if, if he's not feeling good hurts your winning, then that is it. Yeah, that is a big problem. Because he's not producing if, if, if he's if – it's, it, it, so it's like, what are you doing? Remind me about that because I forget. That's not, that's not hard to, to imagine. I, I forget where you came down on benching him earlier this year, George Pickens. I would hit him in the pockets. That's right. You would have fined him. And we, and we don't really know if they did that. Right. Actually. Like, there was the whole thing with not announcing him as a starter, if I remember correctly. They should they should have sat him for a game. That doesn't, I mean, if uh, you sit him for a game and he goes back to his locker and the next day that check is still there, it doesn't matter. Still well, getting paid. Well, wouldn't you, if you suspend him also, he would get fined the game check? I know if the league does, then you do. I don't know about the team. Look, you're saying just don't even dress him? Yeah. This, your butt is stapled to the bench. Sorry, no game check. We're fining you. We're suspending you for yeah, a game. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably should have done that because to just let him keep going and then the thing that fixes him is good quarterback play, the first sign of adversity, he's not actually fixed. You've just masked over the symptoms. <laughs> I want ice cream. You're not going to get ice cream. I want ice cream. We're going to give you ice cream. Here you go. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's a good point. And it is it is more than mildly concerning that Florio says that executives around the league view him as a problem, too. Because now it sounds like there's no escape hatch. Like, if he were to become a huge problem, talent always wins out. But it sounds like in this instance, it wouldn't win out. And that you'd, you'd have to sit him down because you're not going to find any takers for him. We'll get more into this a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next... We've got our guy, Jeff Hathorn, our sports director, Paul Skeens, going to make his Pirates debut today. So we'll ask him the obvious question there, among other things. Text us, 412-928-9370. The text line brought to you by Edgar Steiner and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. One more thing on that. George Pickens' conversation we were talking about in the last segment where Florio says executives around the NFL aren't surprised at all that he's kind of been a malcontent. Like, it's not just the pouting for me. You brought up a couple of examples of great receivers on bad teams that put up big-time numbers no matter who their quarterbacks were. 
His production needs to be a staple. Right. It needs to be a constant. You need to be great. You need to make it easier on your quarterback. It's not just the off-the-field stuff. Like George Pickens, you want to be great? Be great. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that's mindset. Maybe a lot of that's mindset. But he needs to be a constant. He can't disappear for games. And that can't all be on the quarterback. It just can't. If you are great, it's easier to kind of look the other way with situations like this. Like, it's it's easier to say, like, okay, like, hold on. Like, what, what what's wrong? Like, oh, you're upset you're not getting the ball? Yeah, I'm upset that you're not getting the ball because every other game I've had 150 yards receiving. Like, that's a different situation. But George Pickens, I mean, he'll have no catch. I mean, he'll have Nothing. two catches for 10 yards. Like, yeah. He went, he went on a, a five-game stretch where he actually was more productive in the final few games of the regular season than he was. And yeah, quarterback has a lot to do with that. Mitch Trubisky wasn't very good, but be the security blanket. Uh-huh. He's not there yet. Jeff Hathorn is our security blanket. We need content. We go to him. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Morning, guys. You know what I think George Pickens needs? They got to get Hollywood Brown into that receiver room. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, we were actually that talking about this off air, too, Jeff. Like, they kind of telegraphed that they were going to have some immature receiver issues when they went out and traded for Allen Robinson, a guy that had been banged up and not productive. He was basically being brought in just to be a mentor. You know, they can say things, but roster moves, you never lie. Uh, we we should have seen through that right at the beginning. They felt like they were immature in that room. Yeah, and I mean, listen, he's not the first receiver or first player to come in from a you know from college that's immature, uh, and I think. You, you would hope that he would have matured a little faster and hopefully under under new leadership, um, maybe get some different ideas. You know, Arthur Smith, from what we read about him, is a disciplinarian. Um, when he's gone into places, he said that, you know, it's his rules, that, that he's fairly tough in that regard. Um, he could use it. I mean, it's not just about, you know, hey, this is awesome. You're going to get everything you want. You're getting paid. You don't have to go to school anymore. He's got to learn that side of it. If he really wants to improve, that's a big part of it. It's not just what you're doing on the field. It's that you're there mentally for every game, that that preparation is at the level that it needs to be. And it's not all on the coaches. George has to take some accountability for that. No doubt. Jeff Hathorn with us here on the Fan Morning Show. Paul Skeen's going to make his Pirate Spring training debut today, Jeff. Is there anything he can do to get onto this opening day roster? That's part one, because I actually heard – Bob Pompiani say this weekend on his show, he wouldn't be shocked if Skeens isn't a pirate until 2025. Is there is there room in the middle there uh-huh. that might be more realistic? The place would burn down. I, I don't I don't foresee, man, barring, I mean, as long as the health is where it needs to be, um, he'll be with the Pirates at some point this year. I mean, he would have to be so lights out. And you guys know spring training numbers can be deceiving. Yeah. Sometimes you're just working on a pitch. They would know, like, if his stuff is just so overpowering, I think there's a slight chance. And, and what if there's an injury, you know, to somebody currently that's, that's penciled into the rotation? Uh, I think there's a slight chance if he just shows in his spring training outings that, listen, this guy's stuff is ready. I mean, Jack Sawinski never played in AAA. Why does Paul Skeens need to play in AAA if he's ready? Uh, I do think that is their plan, but I – I believe that if he is that good in his spring training opportunities, uh, that there is a chance he could be on the major league roster at the end of the end of next month. Yeah, I guess it's next month. I keep forgetting we get the extra day today. That's right, leap day. Jeff, do facilities uh, do facility upgrades really matter in the NFL? In your opinion, 
Yes, I think they do for for the players. Do they equate to winning? I think what you saw from the survey yesterday is no. They don't necessarily equate to winning, but I do think it matters to guys, especially, um, you know, some of the creature comfort things that, man, here's the thing. These guys come from palaces in some of the colleges. Uh, and I can imagine the shock of thinking like, okay, when I get the NFL, it's going to be even nicer. Um, the facility on the south side is is not. And I think the big reason, I, I don't buy into the Roonies are cheap, like ultimately cheap. Their footprint, they have nowhere to expand. They've expanded about as much as they can. They can't go in either direction on the sides. They've got very little parking that they can't eat up. And then they've got office buildings on the other side of their facility. Uh, they just need a new building. They need a new place. Um, it's just with all the staffing, with the addition of rosters, with you know addition of things like cold tubs and you know players would want a sauna there, some of those things that you might think that they're spoiled, but it's, it's what other teams are doing. They don't have the room to do it there. They're, they're kind of landlocked with their facility. They need to find something else. Now, like the day, daycare stuff, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. That needs to change. I mean, the Roonies need to, need to change it. They're, I think they're one of four teams that don't have that facility for game days. Um, that, that's a shame on Art. He needs to change that for next year. Jeff, Mike Tomlin got an A for his time management. We would get an F. So we're sorry that this segment was so short, but we got to move on here, buddy. Gents, have a good weekend. Uh, It's going to get warmer, I promise. It is going to get warmer. What's on the website, too, before we let you go? Yeah, well, if you want to see some of the grades and some of the reasons that the NFLPA voted the way they did, check it out on the website right now at 93.7fan.com. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, boys. See you, buddy. Top of the hour, Tyler Kennedy with a kind of new take on the Penguins' trade deadline plans. But coming up next, RIP Richard Lewis. I had an encounter with Richard Lewis that I will tell the people about, and we'll talk about our favorite celebrity encounters. 50-minute mark in the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. RIP Richard Lewis. He's passed away. He's in final season at Curb, and he's as funny as he always is. Always was, I guess, now. You hate that. Now you got to use the past tense. Everyone seemed to like the guy as a man. Uh, A lot of people split on the comedy because comedy is subjective, and so is laughter, and everything really is in today's society. I had an interaction with this guy. He followed me on Twitter, Richard Lewis. Really? Yeah. And so we used to do this bit at my old station. Because management wouldn't pay for anything. Anything. And no one listened to the show because the signal was bad, but that's neither here nor there. So we would make a bit every year that we were going to the Super Bowl and we were live at Radio Row. We never went. Never once went. But for a week, every single year, we would have ambient crowd noise in the background and we'd make up skits and we'd talk to people who were there, but they wouldn't really be the people. We would just have paid actors basically doing it. So I told him about all that on Twitter because he followed me and I said, we would love to interview you to kind of give the illusion that we're talking to a big celebrity guest. He responded, hilarious, but shooting curb. Sorry, boss. I said, not a problem. Appreciate the response. Be good. And then he gave one of those flexing emojis and a peace emoji. Nice. So that's my interaction with Richard Lewis. Nice. A great comedian calling me hilarious. Thank you, Richard. And RIP. What's your best celebrity encounter? And you can tweet us yours or text us yours at 412 
I mean, I always bring this one up. I mean, Tony Todd, Candyman. I mean, I, I was so scared, and it just ruined my childhood, just that movie. I don't know why I watched it at the age I did, but whenever I was playing for the Titans in 2014, they had that uh, horror convention at the convention center in Nashville, and he was there. I was like, this is my opportunity to meet him. And I went up to him, met him, and well, actually, I went to get something to eat first, and the lady like outside of the convention center was like, you know, Candyman's in there, right? So you better be good. And I was like, whoa, like John Candelaria, really? <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know what? I used to have his card, and I threw it away because it said the Candyman on it because I was that scared of Candyman. John Candelaria from the Pirates. I had his pirate card, <laughs> and I threw it away. Swear, that's a true story. That's how scared I was of this guy. So I, I go in and meet Tony Todd, and I tell him, I'm like, listen, like you kind of. Ruined my. I, I was like, I have a confession to make. You kind of ruined my childhood. I, you know, I was so scared of you with that character. And he took his hat up. He's like, Doran, I am not a father. Because I said I had a confession. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And we became friends and friends since. What? Yeah. Talked to him all the time. I wish I could say that I was friends with Richard Lewis after our interaction. Mm -hmm. My other one, and it's sports related, so it's probably not right to do that because you met a bajillion athletes because you played in the NFL and you were teammates with Andre Johnson and you're friends with Larry Fitzgerald and Darrell Rivas. But I was in a press box for a Penguins playoff game, had to tinkle, as I often do, go to the bathroom, standing right next to me, Doc Emmerich, also taking a tinkle. And he's a huge hero of mine. I mean, everyone loves Doc Emmerich. So I look down at my phone, I go, Bucks up three to one because he's a huge Pirates fan. And he looks me in the eye as we're peeing, and he says, Cool! <laughs> like, I'm breaking some sort of news to Doc. Right. In my self-importance, I gotta talk to him. What, 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 oh, let me look at the Pirates. Bucks up three to one. Cool! And that was it. Then we washed our hands. We didn't say another word to each other. What's your best celebrity encounter? 412-928-9370. I'm sure we can get some good stories. If you want to call, you can, too, about that. Or you can just text us, 412-928-9370. Coming up next, Tyler Kennedy with a hot Penguins take. And also an NFL insider says the Steelers' offseason plan might not go according to plan. Doran Dickerson. We'll get to that next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 38. Tyler Kennedy has an interesting take on the Jake Gensel saga. We'll let you hear that. We'll react to it coming up in a couple of moments. Also, Mike Garofalo, one of the preeminent NFL insiders, says the Steelers' offseason may not go according to plan for one specific reason. We'll also get to that. But I, I told you in the last segment that I had an interaction with Richard Lewis, who sadly passed away yesterday. And so we're asking for your best celebrity encounters. Doran met the Candyman, not John Candelaria, and he had a witty response to something Doran said. What are your best ones? 412-928-9370. You can call us on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Provider for over 50 years. Or you can text us, 412-928-9370. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Some of these texts we've gotten so far are awesome. Here's one. On a U.S. air flight flying to LaGuardia, I had an opportunity to air box with Muhammad Ali. That's unbelievable. That is amazing. That's really cool. I'm guessing that goes like this. Hey, man, huge fan. Can I take a picture with you? And he's like, I can do you one better. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cool. Oh. One of the most revered and hated for a time athletes of all time. That's like shooting hoops with, M with MJ. Yeah, man, that's that awesome. Is, that is, that's a. You're good playing one. horse with MJ, basically. That's that's a good one.
Jeez. Another texter. I met Ellen DeGeneres because I was a featured guest on her show. She also gave me 50K for Teacher Appreciation Day back in 2016. That's unreal, too. That is super cool. Good for you getting the 50K. Teachers deserve to be paid more money. Yes. There's my take for the day. There's a good show in LeBron James' executive, The Wall. Have you ever watched the show, The Wall, where they drop the big ball? I am familiar down. with it. And usually they have somebody who is a teacher or somebody who's done something good to, for to win money. I think there needs to be more game shows like that or even just shows where teachers get and people like firefighters, police, and they all get something from it. You have three kids. I have two. That's hard. Yeah. Now you've got 30 in front of you. Good luck. Good luck. And you might not have the funds... I know my wife is a speech therapist, and at a previous job, you have to pay for all the stuff. Like, that's not easy. Mm -mm. You get a couple months off, but I don't know that that totally makes up for it. Here's another texter. I ran into Franco at PNC Bank in the Northern Hills. Northern Hills, they write. It was shortly after Pitt beat Penn State in the first game back in the series, and I was wearing my Pitt shirt. He held the door for me and joked about the game and getting it back the next year. I never forgot that moment. Mm. Man, that's similar to the Richard Lewis thing because... He passed away. Mm -hmm. You will never forget stuff like that. I have a longtime family friend named Jeff, and he had a little daughter at the time. She's probably six years old. He was in a convenience store, and Troy Polamalu was in there. And so the little kid was like, oh, we got to meet Troy. We got to meet Troy. They wound up talking to Troy, and Troy was so nice. And then as they're walking away, the little girl turns to Jeff and goes, can you imagine if that was Sidney Crosby? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more. I didn't interact with him, but I was in the Boston airport about five years after John Kerry lost the election, the presidential election, and John Kerry's just sitting there with his legs crossed reading a newspaper. He's just all alone, just all alone in the airport, and in a different universe, he'd have been a president, and for his entire life, he'd have to be surrounded by Secret Service guys. Wow. But he was taking a commercial flight just like the rest of us. Crazy to me. 412-928-9370 if you want to text in or call in your best celebrity encounters. Tyler Kennedy's a celebrity, one that I've pissed off. Here's what he said yesterday about trading Jake Gensel to the PM team. I don't think you can ever rebuild when he's playing this good and you have some other assets that are extreme. They're Hall of Famers, you know, with Malkin, you know, guys like that. I, I don't think, you know you can fold right now and say, hey, we're going to start rebuilding. I know it sucks and it's going to hurt way down the road, but you owe it to Sid to try to make it to the playoffs this year. Okay, real quick, another texter, Troy Polamalu saw a pigeon poop on me in Market Square and he laughed at me. <laughs> I've always thought that's odd that they say that's supposed to be good luck. Right. Getting pooped on by a bird brings you good luck. No, it doesn't. The bird pooped on me. My day is ruined. Yes. If a bird poops on me, I have to, whatever I'm doing, I drop it. I go home. I'm showering. I don't care if it didn't get on my skin. I'm out. All right. Now to Tyler Kennedy's comments. They owe it to Sid, he says, to try to make the playoffs this year. I get totally where TK is coming from. I do. I think they owe it to Sid, though, to do what's best for the franchise for his remaining years. I don't think you want to get yourself into trouble if you're Kyle Dubas putting all your eggs into this year's basket. There's no guarantee Jake Gensel's going to sign here. I don't think it's a good idea for him to sign here either way. But there's no guarantee he is. If there's no contract done around the deadline and you don't trade him and then he leaves for greener pastures, 
You have not done right by Sidney Crosby. You either need to keep him. Again, I don't agree, but I'm sure Crosby would like it. You either keep him, and that's the scenario, or you trade him and you accrue picks and prospects that might help you win in the coming Crosby years. But what cannot happen is you hold on to him for this year's playoff run. I think that's terribly short-sighted because you might lose him on the back end. They're not worried about the future, really. Neither is Crosby. Why would you? They're worried about right now. And they still they think that they have a chance. And if they have any sliver of chance, they're going to try to do the best things to put the best roster in front of Cindy Crosby and around Cindy Crosby. They're not worried about two, three years from now. They're like, we have this nucleus right now. We're just trying to figure some things out. And we believe that, that we could turn over a new leaf at some point in the near future See, here with this roster. we got to keep Gensel. I, again, I understand what you're saying. I understand what Tyler Kennedy is saying. I think that when I talk about future, I mean just next year. Like two, three years down the road, what's Crosby going to be? Probably still pretty good because of the way he takes care of his body and how maniacal he is. Yeah, but how good is he right now, though? I know, but the mathematics of the thing, they scare me off a little bit. Like, you hold on to Gensel, but you might lose him this offseason. This is all predicated on them not giving him the extension, like, now. If you miss out on him on the offseason because you held on to him now to make a playoff run, the chances are very slim they're going to make it this year. Even if they start getting hot, they have to jump so many teams. I know they've got games in hand, but those teams would also have to fall back to earth, which is possible but not a likelihood. They're winning games right now and not climbing up in the standings all that much because of three-point games. I think doing right by Crosby doesn't mean chasing the carrot this year. Doing right by Crosby means surrounding him with the best roster for as many years possible. And I think the way that you do that is trade Jake Gensel. I understand what you guys are saying. I really understand what TK is saying here. You owe it to him. Win now. You're playing so well. I get it. I want as many shots at the title, to quote Paul Zeiss, as I can possibly get. And I think trading Gensel gives you more bites at that apple. That, uh, that... He probably gives you the best opportunity. What are you going to get back for him? I mean, everything – you know what you have in Jake Gensel. No, he's hurt right now, but you know what you have yeah. in him. What you get back might not pan out. So here's so you the, want to take a chance? Here's the asking price for Jake Gensel. I just saw this. Emily Kaplan, ESPN, in her insider's piece yesterday. According to Kaplan, the Penguins want multiple first-round picks or a first-rounder and commensurate young talent in return. One rival GM was not thrilled with the price tag, saying, quote, I've heard the asking price on Gensel is multiple first-round picks or a first-round pick and equivalent in top prospect or roster player. One rival executive said the Gensel asking price is ridiculous. I think they're going to get it, though. I do. And you could argue two first-round picks, are those guys going to be able to help Sidney Crosby win? The answer to that is probably no. But if you've got multiple first-round picks, I'm not making all those picks if I'm Kyle Dubas. Let's say you got three then first-round picks mm -hmm. in this upcoming draft, or two in this draft and then two in the following draft. I guess it would only be one because of the San Jose trade for Carlson. But you get what I'm saying. If you've got three first-rounders in the next two years, I'm not worried about who I can take that's going to help Sidney Crosby. You can trade. I'm thinking what can I get for those picks if I package them together and then maybe now you're helping the roster, and then you're also considering you're not having to pay Gensel $11 million, you go on the free agent market and you spread that out to a couple of players. I agree that they should probably do right by Crosby. I just think you, me, and T 
TK all have different ideas of what that means. You guys are saying, try to win now, stand pat, you're kind of hot, you've won three in a row, the power plays turn things around, and I'm saying, I want as many opportunities as I can with Sid. Where do you come down on this? 412-928-9370. Switching gears here, Mike Garofalo, NFL insider, he's super tapped in because he works for the NFL Network, and they want those guys breaking stories. So he gets stuff right off the presses to the league. He says Mason Rudolph in his camp think there's going to be other opportunities out there for him. Now, Florio said, and we talked about this earlier on in the show, that the Steelers' plan is to have Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph be their quarterbacks next year. Doesn't sound like Mason's 100% bought into coming back to the Steelers. Yeah, that's the Steelers' plan. That's their outlook. Right. It might not be Mason's plan. Right. Mason's plan is, I'm going to go to the best opportunity, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you're going to go to the best place that gives you a shot to to either play or the best place that gives you the most money. Like, that's the Steelers' plan. They would love for that to happen. They would love for that to be the scenario as we know it. But that's not probably not Mason's plan, and rightfully so. I mean, you've been fed a bunch of lies that's through right. over the years. And if you're going to make more money and have a legit opportunity, I mean, you you have to. There's no what loyalty does Mason have to to Pittsburgh? If I were him, I would have absolutely none. I would give my services to the highest bidder. Yeah, I I think an argument can be made. Okay, he led the Steelers to the playoffs at the end of last year. His teammates seem to respond to him. Deontay likes him. Pickens likes him. There's a split locker room because he was able to play well down the stretch, and so he's probably thinking Kenny gets hurt often, and they already like me there. I can maybe be a starting quarterback in Pittsburgh, but none of that stuff is a given. And if the money is more elsewhere, you follow the money. If the money is equal, I could see why he'd want to come back. So I think it just all comes down to the dollars and cents of it. If I were him, I'd have a hard time trusting them, though. Yeah. Like a, a big hard time trusting them. Especially a team that doesn't have a sauna <laughs> and no daycare. Like, and the pissed. food's I'm, only I'm, B minus. Right. I got a share facility with with a team that I waxed seven years ago. Like, get out of here. I'm out. Give me a break. That's it. I'm going yeah. to Seattle. He was going to come back even though the Steelers have lied to him for years. Yeah. But then this Players Association <laughs> report came out. And he's like, you know what, dog? I want a sauna. Yeah, this cold tub's too small. <laughs> like, come on, what are we doing? I got to run into Pat Narduzzi every day telling him how bad I beat Pitt seven years ago. <laughs> right. I the, the thing that would actually tick me off more if I'm Mason than anything else, than anything else, Doran, is that they told me it was a competition with Mitch Trubisky, who we've all seen stinks at playing quarterback now at the NFL level. And then, not only do they sign him, I win the competition and they give Trubisky the job, and then when Trubisky stinks, they give Kenny Pickett the job, even though he was the best guy in camp. And then another year goes by, Kenny Pickett gets hurt, and they throw the worst quarterback in the mix in there, too. My voice got really high there. I'm out. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm out. If the money is equal, fine. I get it. If, if they pay me an extra half a mil, though, someplace else, thinking that I could have been out of the league, bro, I am gone, gone, gone. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Keep giving us your celebrity encounters. The phone lines have popped. The text line is exploding. We'll get to those over the course of the show. But up next, in addition to that, Cam Hayward has been calling people out on social media.
Why did he call a bunch of people crybabies? What made Cam Hayward call the lot of us crybabies? We'll tell you in a minute. But right now we're looking for your number one celebrity encounters. Mine was Richard Lewis, RIP. Doran was the Candyman, not John Candelaria. What's yours? 412-928-9370. We are in Pittsburgh. I feel like I got to throw that qualifier out there. And I also don't remember his real name. Who? The Candyman. Tony Todd. There it is. Tony Todd. But John Candelaria, it just brings up bad memories for me. Because you threw his card away because you were scared. Said the Candyman on it. There was a Steelers offensive lineman back in the day. I had a, a poster of like the Steelers roster on my wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had everybody's face. I can't remember who the offensive lineman was. He terrified me to my core. It looked like wherever I went in the room, he was staring at me. I'll go back and I'll find the roster. I'll find the guy. Scared the crap out of me. Like a sixth or seventh offensive lineman. Not one of the starters. What year do you think this was? I was 13. Oh, 2003. 2003, yeah. Trey Essex? It was an Essex. I'll remember it. I'll remember it. I'll go back and look at the roster during a break. Jack in West Mifflin has his best celebrity story. Hey, Jack. Hi. Uh, back in 1951, I was 13 years old, and I did uh, uh, road work with uh, Ezra Charles, the champion of the world at the time. Whoa. In Air, Route 30. And we, jo- my my brother and I jogged along with him, and he was staying across from the Ligonier Beach. There was a bed and breakfast up there, and he took us up there and showed us some uh, fight movies and gave us a snack. Oh, that is unbelievable. Back then, man, when you were the champion of the world, you also were probably like a plumber or something, too, right? Like, you probably had a second job or a third job just to make ends meet. Thank you, Jack. That's good. 412-928-9370. Pat in West Mifflin, your best celebrity encounter. Uh, yes, I was uh, 13 years old. My dad was a Pepsi driver. Uh, he delivered to the uh, Mary Lemieux t- uh, golf tournament. Yeah, and he was uh, he did he worked at refreshment stands, and I'm not sure how, but he was able to bring me along with him. I mean, maybe he had to pull some strings, but I remember seeing uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Charles Barkley walking mm-hmm. by, and he's nudging me to go out with a water. And hand it to him. And, like, yeah, I mean, he really had to nudge me. You know, I was pretty nervous. But uh, I ended up calling, you know, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, handing him a bottle of water. I mean, he grabbed it. He said, thanks, buddy, and then kept walking. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get an autograph or anything like oh, that. Oh, the but, story's uh, still good enough, man. Was that at Nevillewood yeah, or Oakmont? Uh, it was at Nevillewood. Right, right. I think I was at that one. It was, like, 94? Yes. Yes, yes. yes. They were playing together. Yep. I mean, I can't can't remember exactly but there was a lot of people i mean i met a number of celebrities but uh michael jordan and charles barkley for sure the ones that stick out in my mind thank you pat i'm sure his golf game did too do you think if you handed a bottle of water to lebron james that he would grab it better than michael jordan that's what they would turn it into on first take on espn who grabs a bottle of water better i was trying to think real hard michael jordan or LeBron James. All right, we'll take one more right now. Best celebrity interaction, Maurice in the Penn Hills. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, one time I was downtown uh, waiting on the bus, and I ran into uh, the actor, Tom White. And he's the one that played the chief in the stage production here in Pittsburgh. I believe he's from Pittsburgh. And he was very engaged. And he talked to me for about five, ten minutes just walking around the hotel and he was also in the fog with Adrian Barbo. Yeah. and then I think you're mean, you're mean Tom Tom Atkins. Yeah, Tom Atkins. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, sir. 
and he was very, very pleasant. Well, thank you for the call. I, uh, I after the pit volleyball game that uh, we did, that I did, Rochelle and I, we went to Bistro 19 in, in Mount Lebanon. And I'm standing there, and there's this guy in front of me. And I see him turn. I see a side profile, and guess who it was? Tom Atkins. And I recognize him right away. And I was real excited to meet him. He was with his wife eating dinner. And I was telling him about all his movies, and he bought her dinner. Really? Uh-huh. See, that's the thing, Doran. They say never meet your heroes. I disagree. I think if you got a shot, you got to take that shot. And if they're jerks to you, they're jerks to you. But more often than not, people are people. And you'll never forget it for the rest of your life when something like that happens. This is not really a celebrity encounter, but I was at a local Mount Lebanon restaurant and one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen in real life comes walking in. And my wife and I are both like, oh my God, like, are you lost? Like, you're not in Miami and you're not in LA. Hello. Two minutes later, Mika Fitzpatrick walks in. It was, it was his girl. Yeah. Best celebrity encounters, 412-928-9370. We'll keep taking these over the course of the show, and you can text us, 412-928-9370, and tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Why did Cam Hayward call everybody crybabies? He says you're a crybaby if you're bitching, moaning, and complaining about that fumbling the ball rule, where if you fumble the ball through the end zone, it's a change of possession and then a touchback. He says it's a football play. You're a bunch of crybabies. And I actually happen to agree with him on that one. For whatever reason, that has become one of like the most controversial rules in sports. And I don't get it, Doran. Like, I think you just you value the football at the goal line. Like People will say, if you fumble it out of bounds at the 40, you don't have to give the ball to the other team. Yeah, that's because the 40 is different than the goal line. There should be a significant penalty if you're attempting to score... And you don't. Yes. It's not like the league, I know that this year was a little down, but it's not like the league has been starved for points. If you were desperately trying to create offense, the rare occasion where this happens, then I could say, yeah, it makes sense if you fumble it and you still get to keep the ball. Like, if you want touchdowns, if you want the numbers to be inflated, fine. They're not, they don't need that. I get the rule. Don't fumble it through the end zone. I'm with Cam Hayward. Though he's kind of gone off on people I, on social. You I, seen this? I, I'm with him, but if you change that rule, then you have to change the safety rule in, in some ways, right? Why I, so? I don't know, because, I mean, it's about being in that end zone. Like, if you get tackled in the back of the, the you know, in, in the opposing team's end zone, mm-hmm. it's points. If you fumble, then you get the ball. Like, I feel like they go kind of hand in hand. Yeah, it would be, there could be a, a, a slippery soap slope going there. Easy for me to say. Slippery soap. Does that make sense? No. Then, Not to me, but it might have made sense to other people. Like, the, like if you tackle somebody in the end zone, yep. you get points for it. Correct. And you get the ball. If you fumble uh, out of the end zone, you get the ball. Yep. So they, they kind of go hand in hand. So if you're going to change one rule, it's essentially well, two points different. You, you know, it's the same thing. I just think it, it's stupid that in a league where every year – we add rules and we take some away. Every year, the rule book gets combed over and changed to change something like this, too. Like, can we have an NFL offseason where nothing changes? No. I know. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world. They did the whole VAR thing. The rules are the same. They haven't changed rules in like a century. 
You don't need it. Baseball needed it. Baseball needed the pitch clock. Baseball needed some of these changes that they made. And the game is now quicker. And pitching changes, you can't make as many of them in the same inning. Stuff like that. That all makes sense to me. The NFL has eyeballs. And that's part of the problem is they know no, no matter what they change, we're still going to watch. We don't need to change the NFL every offseason. I have more of a problem with that than just the specific rule that Cam Hayward's talking about. But I also think it's stupid that people would be looking to change that rule. Value the ball at the goal line. Tom and Allison Parks got a celebrity encounter. Hello, Tom. Good day, gentlemen. How are you? Good day. So this would have been in 2019. This was at the Comic-Con down in Monroeville there. And we had left to go. There's a hotel right beside it. And a buddy of mine, and I don't know if you gentlemen know that uh, – you can drink at the Comic-Con. They serve beer Correct. There. Well, so, you better. Correct. <laughs> so we end up uh, going to the hotel just to walk around. And we got into the elevator, and my buddy and I, were, we look over, and it's Trish, Strat- Trish Stratus. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, my, my one buddy, he happens to have a, a certain card for the state. So he goes over to Trish, and he's been at, he was asking all the celebrities, like, the whole night, like, hey, you want to you want to hit this? And it, it's a vape pen, and um, <laughs> Trish Stratus starts to grab it, and there was a lady that was with her, and she she goes, no, no what is that? No, 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 no. <laughs> so she, she, we we she stops her, so we get off of the elevator on the floor that she gets off on. We're not staying in the hotel; we're just walking around, and. Nev Campbell and the one girl that was in the movie Half-Baked was right there in front of us as soon as we got out of the elevator. And I started yelling. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Nev Campbell. I'm, like, freaking out. <laughs> well, they didn't like it. And next thing you know, there was, like, some guys that were coming to talk to us. So we took off. I get in an elevator. I come out right out the front door. I sit down on a bench. And some guy comes out. And I tell you, I look right in his eyes. He's like, did, were you just up yelling at a couple ladies? I said, no, I've been sitting out here the whole time. <laughs> he looks right at me, and he, he, he wants to say something. He's like, all right, uh, okay, thank you. As I'm sitting down on the bench, I'm sitting with a gentleman. We're talking, um, and this guy's wearing something that, like, Andy Warhol would have worn in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eccentric. I, I'm talk, yeah, I'm talking to this guy, and – Ends up being a Steelers fan. We're talking Duck Hodges, because I think that was the year Duck was around. And then he goes and gets into, like, an Uber with Jamie Ke- – I think his name was Jamie Kennedy. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, does that guy look familiar? I look up the list on Comic-Con. It was Robert Patrick, the cop from Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. 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 T-1000. Thank you for the call, Tom. That, I mean, bang, 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 that bang. Is, that is, yeah, that's a lot. All I got to say is I think security well within their rights. If you're going to walk up to beautiful, famous women and say, you want to hit this, you know what you're doing. Yes. It's a hell of a line, though. Mm-hmm. You want to hit this, you gauge their reaction. And it, I was just talking about my jewel here. Right, 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 right. All right, we can take more of these. 412-928-9370. But coming up next, we've got our Bradenton Bucko Breakdown, Doran. Sponsor to come. Who's pitching today for the Bucks? It's a big one. Ah, you know what that music means. It's the Bucko Bradenton Breakdown. Or is it the Bradenton Bucko Breakdown? Whatever you want. Sponsor coming soon. Yes.
It's not Breakdown Bucko Bradenton. No, it's not that. It's that one much of the first two. One of the first two. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. When this music is playing, it takes me back to being an 11-year-old chap. The Pirates just lost. This music's playing. Up on the scoreboard. Tomorrow's Probables. Josh Fogg v. Randy Johnson. Thank you for attending this Major League Baseball game. That shouldn't make me feel good, but it kind of does. Mm-hmm. Bad nostalgia is still nostalgia. Go Bucks! Yesterday, spring training. Some of the notables. Biggest, biggest, biggest storyline for me, Doran. Quinn Priester, two innings. Zero earned. Zero hits. One strikeout. Fastball was sitting 93-94. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can build on that. Yeah. So if you're keeping score at home, two days ago, Luis Ortiz, good. Day before that, Rowanzi Contreras, not so good. Those are the guys battling for the final rotation spot, and maybe two of them make the rotation. If I'm doing the math correctly in my head, Mitch Keller, the two lefties. Yep. Yep. So it's encouraging to see that Quinn Priester, through one start in only two innings, looked good. It was a big day for the pitching staff, Doran Dickerson. Jared Jones, big-time prospect for the Bucks, One and two-thirds, no earn, two strikeouts. And then we know that this bullpen is expected to be dynamic. Aroldis Chapman, one inning, did give up a run, three strikeouts in one inning. So he's on that Aroldis Chapman stuff. Also didn't walk anybody. His walk rate last year really high. Colin Holderman, one inning, no earn, two strikeouts. The only blip for the uh, bullpen guys, Dari Moretta, one inning, two earned runs, one strikeout. Shall I flip over to the lineup? Yes, sir. Nick Gonzalez and Jared Triolo went 0 for 3. Two guys vying for that second base job. It sounds like Triolo is going to make the club, though. Like Neil Walker seems to feel that way. John yes. Wayner seems to feel that way. Kind of as a... Utility. Yeah, utility guy who does a little bit of everything. Hopefully he can work out like Josh Harrison a few years ago. That might be pie in the sky, but that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Connor Joe, one for two with a home run. He's going to be part of that first first base platoon with Rowdy Telez. Telez? Telez. Rowdy. Today, though, the big news. Paul Skeens takes the bump for his first Pittsburgh Pirates spring training start. Let's go! Yeah, that's exciting. You can hear the game, I believe, on KDKA AM. I am super irritated, however, though, that the game's not going to be on TV. Right, right. I mean, I... I... I would love to see him in action, but to be able to listen to it still, I, I, I'm going to take that. I just want to – I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. Whether it's one inning, two innings, I don't know what it's going to – I mean, you don't know what it's going to be, but I just want to know to see if he uh, can do it. I want the A lineup. I believe it's the Orioles they're playing today, Callis. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I want the A Orioles lineup in there. I just want to see what he's got against those guys. Right. I want to see if it plays. I'm hoping we're going to get – crazy velocity readings from him. Yes. I'm hoping he whiffs a couple of dudes. I hope he pitches so well this spring. He's not going to be on the opening day roster. But I hope he pitches so well this spring that they have to think about it a little bit. And Pompiani said this weekend, he wouldn't be shocked if Skeens weren't up until 2025. What? I disagree with that. I think if he shoves the way we expect him to, he'll be up midseason. If he struggles... I still think he'd be up in September just to get a taste. Mm -hmm. I can't see that he'd be down there until 2025, especially if they're going to be better than they were last year, and I think that's legitimate. I think they have a good chance to be better 
than last year. They've got a longer, healthier lineup. Their bullpen is solid. I think they have three, one good, two okay starting pitchers. They should be in it. So he should be up. But looking forward to that today. That was your Bradenton Bucko Breakdown. Coming up at 845 in our next segment, Doran. There's a guy out there that is or should be coveted by a bunch of teams in Major League Baseball that now says he'd be willing to play for a lower cost. Should the Pirates be interested in that guy? We'll get to that coming up next. But what's your best celebrity interaction? The phone lines have exploded on this, Doran. So we're going to talk to the people. 412-928-9370. Craig in the car, hello. Hey, guys, how's it going? You tell me, Good. buddy. So a couple of, this is like 15, 16 years ago. I'm down at the Orioles game in Camden Yards, and my buddy's got suite tickets. And right next to the suite is Pat Sajak from, from Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And I wanted to see if I could get a picture, but the guys that were in our studio were like, don't bother. He doesn't really like taking photos. And this is, you know, digital camera era before cell phone selfies. And so I try and frame myself. He's sitting in the back couch, like in the back of his suite, try and frame myself like I'm taking a photo of myself and I'm taking a picture of him. But I had probably one too many uh, prior to this point. And I keep taking the picture and screwing up. Finally, I get the picture, turn around, look at the thing. He's flipping me the bird. No way. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Sajak flipped you the bird? Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet you the picture. Yes, yes please. please do. Do you care if we retweet yeah. that as well? No, I don't care. Oh, that's awesome. That is so good. Thanks for the call, Craig. <laughs> okay, I, I can't believe what I'm about to do. Is he? It, did Sajak die? No. Sajak's still with us? That's Alex Trebek. Is Barker with us? No. So we lost Barker and Trebek. Yes. But we have Sajak. Yes. Is he still doing Wheel of Fortune? He's re- re- retiring. I think he either already retired or he's retiring like in a couple months. I get all those three confused. I feel bad about it. I I'm, I don't want to kill him off. I didn't know the answer to that question. I, was, I, I thought about not asking it. I'm happy to hear he's still with us. And I'm happy to hear he's flipping the bird. That is funny. That sounds like more of a sense of humor thing than a, an angry thing. Right? Sense of humor for sure. Yeah. He caught him taking a picture and was like, look at this. How about this? <laughs> Bang, there's the bird. Kind of like Bostick did to me the other day on camera. All right, we'll do one more of these. Tony in Greensburg had a celebrity encounter he wants to talk about. What up, Tony? Hey, fellas. Uh, not much of a celebrity, but I think, Crowley, you'll like this because you like to have a good time. And Doran, some of the terms I'm going to throw out are going to take you back about 15 years to when you were a pit. So I played uh, football at Pitt myself, and we were in Peter's Pub. In June of 2017, you know, we went out. R.I.P. Peter's Pub. In the summer. And I'm in there, and we're drinking, and I got I order a round of Panther Bombs, which Doran would know. And so I got to take a leak. So I stop, step away to go to the bathroom. And who's in there taking a dump? But Oli Mata. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like. I've heard of the Murphy dump, Mata, not the Mata dump. Pittsburgh. And I'm from Pittsburgh, so I know who Ole Mata is, okay? And this is when they won their second top to go back-to-back. So I go out, and I realize that somebody had left, so I have an extra shot. So here comes Ole Mata, already drunk, if you remember the picture on the desk later that day. He comes to me, and I say, hey, Ole, I got an extra shot. You want to do a Panther bomb with us? So he comes over, takes down the Panther bomb, and gives the old post drink, and then walks out. And then later that day, 
or maybe later that week. I can't remember the parade. You know, he's he there. He is laying on his back. <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. sunburned just in the just the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. The the late July sun just beating down on him. June sun, excuse oh, me. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. I uh I got really really nervous with that call. Why? Yeah, he played football at Peter's Pub. And I was thinking, like, <laughs> oh, what did I do? You know what? You're right. Your your face like, with every passing detail, you got oh. more pale with every detail. And whenever he said taking a dump, I was like, okay, we're good because I've never taken a dump at Peter's Pub. I actually have. What? I I actually that's have. That's sick. It's so funny you say that. That's that's gross. West Virginia Pitt when they got the basketball game back going again. First one was at Peter's. The first one was at the Peterson Event Center. Excuse me. And so West Virginia fans, we had taken over the top of Peter's Pub for a West Virginia party, and there were Pitt fans downstairs, and we would intermingle. It was a great time. I had to go. There was no toilet paper. Oh no. Our mutual friend Wes made sure nobody entered because the door didn't lock. There was no TP. I used my sock. I swear to God. You're sick. I swear to God. That's just sick. Up next, the price coming down on a big-time free agent pitcher. Should the Pirates kick the tires? We'll talk about that coming up next. All right, before we get into a starting pitcher that all of a sudden might be now in the Pirates' price range, at least that's what my wishful thinking tells me, I got to clear something up. Because I told the story about how I used a sock to clean up after I went to the bathroom at Peter's Pub. Someone said, did you put the sock back on? No. Of course I did not put the sock back on. That's just still sick. It is sick, but when you got to go and there's no toilet paper, what are you supposed to do? That's an honest question. I could have said go get napkins, I suppose. Yeah. But I had a guy guarding the door for me because it didn't lock, and I was afraid that someone would walk in. I did what I had to to survive. Your underwear is cloth as well, so I don't understand the... I could have done the underwear, but you got to wipe. So what happened was I threw the sock away, obviously. But then I was walking around the pub after that, and it felt weird with only one sock, so I wound up throwing the other sock away, too. 50-minute mark on the fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Did I clear that up now? We got a better picture of what happened to me no, at uh, Peter's Pub? Your we'll sock wasn't cleared up. I feel bad for your sock. we we'll just move on. John Heyman, NFL, or excuse me, Major League Baseball insider. I'm rattled. John Heyman talking about Blake Snell, who all of a sudden might be available at a lower cost. There was some news today uh, or a couple days ago with Blake Snell. As I reported in the New York Post, uh, Snell is willing to do one of those Bellinger-type deals, short-term deal with opt-outs. They did talk to the Yankees about this, so I'm sure they're willing to do it with other teams as well. And, you know, I think it does make sense for them, a high AV uh, with opt-outs. Uh, the issue for the Yankees with a short-term deal is the high AV means a higher tax. That's really the big issue. But uh, certainly, if you give them opt-outs after year one, and opt out after year one, and you've given up draft choices uh, to sign him, that is a question as well. All right, so there you go, Blake Snell, who I'm fighting every urge every time I say his name not to call him former Pirate Ian Snell. Blake Snell not going to sign that mega deal. It doesn't seem like. Which means you could get him on a flyer like Bellinger with the Cubs, who's got an opt-out after one year, an $80 million deal over three for Bellinger. What are we talking? One year, 25 mil? One year, 30 mil? Go for it. I agree. 
I absolutely agree. The Pirates have now shown a willingness to spend money to keep their own. That's really good business. When you feel like you've got a good core, you keep your core here for the long haul. They've done it with Key Brian Hayes. They've done it with now Mitch Keller. They've done it with Brian Reynolds. The next step is go out and add to the roster. And if you don't have to make a big-time, long-term commitment for a guy, you just have to eat a one-time payment, why not give it a shot? The Pirates' projected payroll right now, dude, is $69 million. In 2015, their payroll was right around $100 million. Mm -hmm. If you got them for a $30 million deal, for this season, your payroll is $100 million again. It's absolutely doable. He'd have to want to come here and not want to go someplace else, which, okay, I could understand why you'd want to go to the Yankees because they're probably a Blake Snell away from going to the World Series. If you're Snell, you believe in your abilities. You're probably thinking the Pirates are a Blake Snell away from making the playoffs. I'd pick a World Series over the playoffs. like So they might try this, and it might not work, but I absolutely would try it. Yes. Because think about it. Yeah. Snell, Keller, the two lefties, and then whoever wins the Rowanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester battle, and then halfway through the year, you got Paul Skeens. Yeah, as your third. Why not? Mm-hmm. I say that a lot with the Pirates. Why not? I say it a lot with every team in town. I've said it about Russell Wilson. I've said it about... Justin Fields. I said it about Eric Carlson, and that happened. We're not talking about pushing your payroll up into the the middle of the pack either. Like, the 18th highest payroll in Major League Baseball last year was $118 bucks. You would still be bottom eight, if memory serves correctly, in Major League Baseball if yep. you're sitting around 100. Yep. It's doable. He'd have to say yes. You'd have to be interested. But I think they could be a favorite in the NL Central if they made a move like this. And we've talked about Bauer, too. That would not be cost prohibitive. You could get him on the cheap. You'd have to deal with the PR hit, but you could get a guy like that. They just need to add a guy to the rotations. Yeah, I'm saying one more because as I, the Mitch Keller deal, dude, makes me feel so good about the direction of this franchise. It really does. They are willing to lock up their own, but it does not help this year's team. He was going to be here regardless. Get one more starter, one more starter, push you over the edge. Up next. You've got the NFL Players Association survey. We kicked it around earlier. What do we make of it? We'll talk about that. But also, Dorn, we've got some breaking news we've got to address. Oh, yeah? Some big-time breaking news. Okay. It's a great day. It's a sad day in a way as well. We'll talk about that coming up next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 38. Breaking news. Going to get to it in a couple of moments here. Sit tight. We just gave away four tickets to the 2024 Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center from March 8th through the 17th to uh, one of our great callers from the last hour. We were asking for celebrity encounters. And you callers, you you lived up to it. Some great stories. You can check it out on the podcast page. Uh, you can also go to 93.7thefan.com and listen on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, your Odyssey app. All right, breaking news, Doran Dickerson. Bill Hillgrove, retiring from Steelers broadcasts. Now, you get the pleasure of working with him on the Pitt broadcasts, and you told an unbelievable story off the air. You got to tell the people. 
Well, I mean, I, it's it's surreal for me to be able to, you know, going on uh, this past year was a second year working with him. I mean, hearing him call games when I was younger and then call pick games and even just say my name is just an honor. And now to be able to work with him, see him, you know, day in or week in and week out and how he operates, it's just it's it's still surreal. I don't know if it would ever kick in that I get to work with somebody like Bill Hillgrove, um, but <laughs> I forget what game it was this year. It might have been Louisville or North Carolina. And you you know that the Pitt had a tight end named Malcolm Epps, right? Yeah. So Malcolm Epps, he uh, <laughs> caught a pass across the middle, and <laughs> Billy says, Malcolm X <laughs> on the catch there. And wait, wait, that's not Malcolm X. That's Malcolm Epps. <laughs> and I, so my, my mic has a button on it where I can talk, and then whenever I don't hit the button, I can't talk. And I click the button because this is too good of content <laughs> in real, that I went to a knee on the ground on the field and was hysterically laughing. And I was like, Billy, who, who caught that pass? He said, yes, Doran, I, I know. I, I said Malcolm X, but I meant Malcolm Epps. And I, I I lost it. I mean, that whole entire quarter, I was done. And I had said something earlier in that game that didn't make any sense. I forget what it was. But after the game, when we do post game, I go up from the field, I go up to the to the um, to the box to the radio booth, and I was like, Billy, I was like, man, you really had me with the Malcolm X. I was like, I I, I went to a knee, I couldn't even talk. He was like, well, bleep bleep bleep, you said this earlier, bleep bleep, what the bleep <laughs> were you talking about? And we all just threw our stuff and started laughing. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And here's Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> down the sideline. <laughs> right, right. Here's Rodney King on the run. You know, Bill's a guy that you're going to find around town, right? Super accessible dude. One of the nicest people you will ever meet in the business. And elite at his craft for 30 years on those Steelers broadcasts. I was doing a broadcast with him back at my old place. And it was a Steelers schedule release show. And we were at a bar on the north side. And instead of breaking down the schedule and how it relates to the Steelers and how their season's going to be. Instead of doing the win-loss thing that everybody does, it was basically we compared the Steelers' schedule to the Pitt schedule so that Billy could figure out which games he was going to be able to fly to for Pitt or which games he might have to miss for the Steelers or whatever. That was the entire show. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're playing the Bengals on October 7th, and Billy would go, oh, darn it. (laughs) That stinks. I'm going to be at Wake Forest. I don't know how I'm going to make that work. The whole show. But one of the best, and in terms of him calling a game, I think anybody who's ever listened to a pit game, a Steeler game, you know that Billy has God-given pipes. Yes. Second to none, really. The voice. What separates him, I think, from some of the other greats who do the local broadcasts is the passion. Yes. He has, when there's a big play, there's always a build-up. Like, you know it's happening because, Billy, you can sense that excitement. Like, even taking it to Pitt, and I hate to bring this up, the video went out for Pitt with the Devonshire interception against West Virginia last year. The excitement from balls in the air and Billy's, like, on his heels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when the ball gets intercepted, there's a crescendo, you think. But it's not because he takes it back to the house. And he found a way to build, build, build throughout the call to where you think the most important thing has happened, the interception. But the way he described the run back, the return, epic stuff. And I hate it because of who I was rooting for. 
But what, what, what a talent Bill Hillgrove is. Uh, uh, what, I, it was one more story. Um, it was one of the first times I actually did the Pitt Network pregame show. This is probably, what, seven years ago? Yeah. And Billy, whenever you go into the booth, he has he has a big board, and it's it's a cardboard, you know, kind of cutout thing, and it has everybody's name from the from offense, defense, and then the other team, everybody's name, offense, defense, referees. But he has uh, little magnets, and they're all color coded. Where in his mind, I don't know what, whatever. I never really asked him why he has it color coded, but it obviously means something to him that it's like, okay, this is red, this is purple, this is green, this is, and there's probably thirty five to forty different markers on there and i i walk in and i'm nervous i mean i never really did it before and i walk down the steps and i knock the whole board over and we're like this is this is probably 20 minutes before kickoff 20 minutes before kickoff so i'm going on a pregame show and then kickoff's next and i knock the whole board over all the magnets go everywhere and he was out getting something to eat and he walks in and i was like oh mr hillgrove uh i'm sorry i knocked over your thing he was like don't call me mr hillgrove it's fine and I like the nervousness that went through my body at that time because I'm like I just messed up the whole game. And you're doing your first ever broadcast, first ever one. I just messed up the whole game. The one thing we were talking about beating celebrities, and sometimes you have a good experience, sometimes you have a bad. And Bill Hillgrove is a celebrity in this city. And I will say this: I was nervous in that moment, and then I was nervous for my first first moment to do the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, it's Bill Hillgrove. I'm working. I, I have to get on his level. I have to understand, you know, th- this is serious. I got to, I got to do what I got to do to make sure that he looks at me like an equal. He's always looked at me as an equal. Every single game, he's made it, made me feel like I had been there for thirty years, mm. just like he. Every single game, and you know, some people aren't like that. You know, some people have done it for so long they do it their way. Um, they're really good at it, and if it's not their way, then then you're out. But every single game, every single every single time I've had the opportunity to work with him, he's made me feel like I've been there with him for thirty years. Yeah, and that's amazing, and I really appreciate him for that. I really do. Yeah, I didn't do game broadcast or anything like that, but the sentiment absolutely makes sense because there's a lot of people in this industry that have done something at a high level for a long time. And won't give you time of day. Or you have to prove yourself right. first. Right. With him, it was always just, he's a welcoming guy. A nice man who cares about the broadcasts, but also cares about people. So, congratulations to Billy. Yes. 30 years on Steelers broadcasts, and he's retiring from those broadcasts. He, he's also as funny as they come. Oh, the stories on when we go on road trips, the stories and some of the things that... No, he's experienced. I, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of them you can't tell on air, but I mean, they. You talk about having podcasts. If he had a podcast, oh, it'd be one of the best podcasts in the country, because some of the things that he's experienced over his time are just amazing. Ask him about the Three Stooges story one time whenever you get a chance. Oh no, you can't tell it on the air. Nope. I think you've told me that off the air, actually. Yeah, you can't tell that one on the air. He called so many big time moments. You talk about thirty years of Steelers football, Super Bowls with Myron, without Myron. Yeah. You know, those two, you have the consummate professional broadcaster in Bill Hillgrove, blessed with the golden pipes, has such a feel for describing the action of the game, crescendos, the low moments. Really, Billy always captured the way Steelers fans were feeling, Mm -hmm. and he would react accordingly. You know, one of the things Mike Lang did was, if the opposition scored, he was almost as excited about that 
as if the Penguins scored, you know, to varying degrees. Sometimes if you're just flipping the game on, you wouldn't know who scored because he was so excited. Billy, and I like that too, but Billy would give you, oh, he dropped it. Just the pure frustration that the people listening along in their cars were feeling, he would nail it every single time. He'd complain about flags, does complain about flags, does complain about referees, because he cares if the team wins or loses. And he cares about what it looks like when they're winning and losing. But to work with Myron, it's that guy with everything I just said, and then the ultimate wild card. Because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to come out of Myron's mouth. Mm-hmm. You never know. And he handled it well, and they played so well off of one another. That's got to be a massive feel. Like, we know, like, like Zeiss was in here for the last couple of weeks. There's give and take. You're trying to figure out what the chemistry is, this, that, the other. To steal a Paul phrase there. For those two to work and be as successful as they were together, Hildgrove and Cope, that's not an easy thing. I bet you if you ask him, he would probably say that would make him a better broadcaster. That made him a better broadcaster. Because, like you said, a wild card, you never know, and you have to react to what that person is doing all the time. So you always have to be on and figuring things out and where they're going to go. And sometimes you don't know where they're going to go, but you still have to react and make it make sense. Yeah. You know, and then you get it, and then, you know, you move on and you get a straight guy who's just, you know, X's and O's and bang, bang. And so then it's easy. So I'm sure that if you asked him, he would say that working with Myron probably made him a better broadcaster just from the erratic nature yeah. that Myron brought to the table. Well, and you think about him doing it with Cope and then doing it with Tunch, and then unfortunately the passing away of Tunch, then you got Wolf, and these are all way different. Each guy is way different with what they bring to the table mm-hmm. and how they do it. And then he's doing basketball, mm-hmm. and then he's doing pit football. And we're talking about 90 guys yes. on the pit roster. We're talking 53 Steelers. We're talking all the – and then the opposing teams. To do it for as long as he's done it, kudos to Billy. I mean, yes. kudos to yes. Bill. Yes. One of the great ones. Yes. The rhythm, too, like to do multiple sports and do different levels of sports, too. I mean, there's a rhythm. There's an art to it. You know, college football is different than NFL. Yep. There's different rules. I mean, think about all the rules, and we, we you just said it. Like, why can't the NFL just stay the same at the end of the season? Why there has to be changes? Bill, Bill Hilgrove has to know what those rules are oh, every think, single year. Think about the game that he started calling <laughs> versus the game that it is now. And and here's the thing about college football, too. If you're a play-by-play guy, you, you used to have teams that were going to play a certain style of offense. Now every team's playing different styles. Some teams are trying to run 100 plays in a game. Yes. And I know, Bill, the way he does it, because I've been in the booth, too, just like you, w- with him, not on the broadcast, he writes down the play-by-play every play. of every single play. Well, you're playing Tennessee. They run a play. You look down to write something. There, There's another play going on right then. Like, you got to be super sharp. And I don't, think, I don't think he's lost a step either, nope. which is the amazing thing. You talk about going out of those Steelers broadcasts on top, I would say that that's exactly what he's doing. All right, coming up next, this isn't going to be as fun. That NFLPA survey came out. Art Rooney II looks really bad. At 9.35, <laughs> we talk about a great broadcaster in Bill Hillgrove. Today's my two-year anniversary of coming over to 93.7 The Fan. We went through and found some of my worst moments. Some hilarious clips we're going to play back for you at 9.35. Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. You can call us, 412-928-9370. The Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Coming up in 15 minutes, 
It's my two-year anniversary of being hired here. We got some of my worst moments. We'll play some back. We'll go over some of my worst takes, and you can laugh at me. And Doran can laugh at me, and Callis can laugh at me. And we'll all laugh together. And hopefully there's at least two years to follow. But we shall see. I did want to tell the people, Doran, about this. On Tuesday, March 26th, it's a big day for the station, big day for the community. Giant Eagle feed the need to benefit Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Again, Tuesday, March 26th. We're planning a huge show that day. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk to a who's who of Pittsburgh people in hopes that you will listen to their stories and then donate to help people of need in the area. You can donate now, though, too. 937thefan.com or text need to 50155. Brought to you by Pittsburgh Regional Transit, Wiggle Whiskey, Hampton Beer Outlet, Bill Few Associates Wealth Management, and Spitzer Toyota. I am looking forward to that. Me too. We got some irons in the what, what, in the fire. Is that the saying? Mm-hmm. We got some coals. irons in the fire. Yeah, we got we got plans. We got big plans. We don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but we're really looking forward to Tuesday, March twenty sixth. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right, Doran. So this NFL Players Association survey, Art Rooney the second gets an F, an F. The facilities not good enough. The nutrition and weight room, not good enough. And the problem there is you get a lot of people on social media and a lot of people, frankly, dude, in our text line saying, so what that they don't have a big enough weight room? So what that the Steelers locker room hasn't been fixed up in a decade? We don't care. Who cares about child care? These guys are millionaires. They have enough money. Why is that always the default position? Why can it never be billionaire guy pays to keep up with the Joneses? Why can it never be he was one of three owners to get an F and you should expect better from that guy? Why is it always all the players are whiners? Drives me up a freaking wall. Yeah, the players are whiners, but this was a survey. Like, this isn't players coming out and saying, oh, well, the Steelers organization stinks and you know the the facilities are bad this was a survey done by the players i mean it was an honest survey we get it at every business you work for you get a survey of how the quality is of your business this was just an honest assessment of where the steelers organization is at right it, it'd be a different thing because we we kind of saw this before like chase claypool they need we need to have more fun we need music at practice we're not having fun around here if a bunch of guys on the team we're pouting and moping and making a big deal about this over the course of the year. I guess I could understand, Dorn, to your point, if fans were like, shut up. Mm-hmm. It's about winning football games. Why are you focused on that? But every single, every single one of us who is listening to the radio right now in all likelihood has filled out these anonymous surveys at work. It doesn't mean you're a malcontent. It doesn't mean that you're a bad apple. It doesn't mean that you are anything less than a pristine employee. It means you are asked to evaluate, and under anonymity, you do evaluate. And they're not keeping up with the rest of the league. No. And their owner is rich. All the owners are rich. All the owners can afford to have a health care, to have a child care facility or a child care room in the stadium. Every single one. Like every single owner can afford to upgrade the facilities. And I do think that there's a competitive disadvantage element of this, too. If the training room, which I think got a C, is not up to par, we're talking about recovery here. Like every team, for the most part, is going to spend to the salary cap. So there's an even playing field based on the dollars and cents that are going into the pocket to the players. Understood, fine. 
So you do want to find competitive advantages. Not having room for cold tubs. Not having the, the, the requisite weightlifting equipment. All these things put you behind the eight ball from a competitive standpoint, I think. And all the owner needs to do is open up the pocketbooks, spend 10, 15 million bucks. Did they not just, did they not just get AccraSure as a name yeah. sponsor of the stadium? Yeah. Don't they, that's where that money's supposed to go. Right. Isn't it supposed to net 10 million bucks a year? Yes. And that's not going into the payroll. That's not how that works. It does not go into you know, paying for players against the salary cap. I think that people probably would think after the, you know, before this came out, and, you know, some people were more privy to it, but I think people would think that more, like, all 32 teams are kind of mainstream and kind of on the same wavelength of a lot of things. And, like, even the training staff and the training area, the training room, like, all the teams that I've been, you know, played for, I played for 100 different teams, like, the training rooms were different. Like, I, you know, going from, you know, Buffalo, which was the facilities were awful. They were worse than the Steelers, but they've redone it. They've done everything, you know, now. But when I was there, they were awful. And then going to, you know, Detroit, like, even some of the amenities were different. I'm like, wow, you guys actually have, like, a Normatech system. You guys have a cryo chamber. You know, the, you know, in Buffalo, they don't even have blankets. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, that is a real thing. And that, that stuff does help you. I had a, a former Steeler that I'm, I'm kind of close with now. I haven't talked to him as much lately, who played for a different organization before the Steelers. And he said the Steelers were later on like the tablet technology, like being able yes. to look at game film whenever yes. you're traveling later than most teams that he understood in the NFL. Like that, Of course that matters. How does that not matter? And then the other thing with art. You know, there, there was a quote that he had in his State of the Steelers address. In fact, I'll play it for you right here, just the first snippet of it. Like, it doesn't sound to me like he takes any of this stuff seriously. I haven't met too many players that are architects yet. So, so he's asked if there's going to be upgrades because players last year had a similar voting in this. And he says, I haven't met a player who's architect yet. That's him turning up his nose at the players. That's him scoffing at the players. And this isn't all as big of a deal as the general malaise that this franchise has now been in the last seven years, but you roll it all into one. And I'm here to tell you, I think if these two fan or these two players surveys came out when Dan was there, things would have gotten done. Mm-hmm. Be I, different. I also think he wouldn't have allowed his franchise to go seven years without winning a playoff game. What do you make of Mike Tomlin getting an A, though? Because if we're going to make a mountain out of this potential molehill, in some people's eyes, with this NFL player survey as it relates to Art Rooney II, we should probably mention that Mike Tomlin actually graded out among the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah, as a player, you're not really looking at wins and losses. Like, yeah, you want to win, but you're still right in the – you're meddling around. It's not like you're a losing franchise. So as a player, if you're going to give Mike Tomlin an A, it would be because, you know, on Wednesdays sometimes he comes in, it's like, okay, we're just in helmets today. All right, you know what, guys? Hey, we're, we're going to get off the field a little bit earlier. Hey, come to my office. You know, let's talk about what's going on with your family. Stuff like that. Like the little things that, you know, people don't really care for and read into. That's why he gets an A. That He's, you know, relatable in aspects. Um, he may be too relatable. He may be too lenient. And some guys kind of take that for granted as a, maybe a George Pickens might see a situation where I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I messed up. I got a slap on the wrist. I only got a slap on the wrist. Yeah, like I might do it. You know, I'll do it again. I'm okay to do it again. They did not give Mike Tomlin an A because Mike Tomlin is a winner. They no. gave him an A because he's relatable. Part of it was that they deem that he 
uses time effectively, and that he is open to having conversations with the players in the locker room. That's why he got the A. It doesn't mean he's a winning football coach. Like this McDaniel guy in, in Miami, they're getting A's all across the board. I think that football team's soft, and I think that guy has kind of shown his butt in the back half of the last two years where he kind of gets figured out. Like They maybe should be better than what they've been. And they're not, but he gets an A because everybody loves him because he's chuckles. He's the funny guy. Yeah, he's a yell, big time like, players coach, yeah. right? Exactly. So it is all. It's kind of a popularity contest here. We like Mike Tomlin, the guy. It doesn't mean that they like Mike Tomlin in his game plans. Doesn't mean that they like Mike Tomlin in his quarterback decisions. Doesn't mean that they like his right tackle decisions. Doesn't mean that they thought he played Joey Porter at the appropriate time last year. Just that he's using his time effectively and is open to conversation. Yeah, and alongside of the the, the other things outside of winning, I mean, he does motivate and get guys going, though, too. Like, as a player, and you have a coach that is, you know, and you know his past and know that he has won before, he walks in a room, you feel his presence. Like, if Mike Tomlin walks in a room, you feel his presence. And as a player, you're like, okay, I respect that. Like, I respect that. I don't know if we're going to win the game, but, you know, I know mentally he is probably trying to get us to the right places mm-hmm. mentally to try to win this football game every single second of the day. So, like, that that feeds in a little bit, too, even though it doesn't transpire into win sometimes. Right. But this all goes back to them renting or them leasing the facility with Pitt mm-hmm. and finding a roommate. Like, this is the whole crux of it. It's They tried to find a cheaper way out, and they've – Rode that for a long time. I mean, it's not just Southside. I mean, look at the, look at Heinz Field. Well, he, Heinz Field, they share Heinz Field with Pitt. Today. But here's the thing to that: do they have a lot of room to to add room? You know what they have, Crowley? They got money to go build one somewhere else. Oh no, there's no doubt about that. They still. My point being, Doran, they might not be able to increase the square footage of the facility. They sure as bleep can upgrade what they have. Yes. You know how we know that? Because Pitt's done it. Pitt's working with the same square footage, and their place is way nicer than the Steelers. It's way nice. We've both been in there. It's way, way nicer. The bathrooms are nicer. Like, everything is better. It's pristine. It's shiny. And I get it. You're trying to attract recruits. Understood. But we're talking about a billionaire owner here. And the standards of this franchise have dropped. You might have been able to get away with crap like this 10, 12 years ago when you're winning championships. Mm -hmm. But now it's just, even if you consider them little things, it all builds up to a product and to one of the flagship organizations in North American sports not living up to its great standard. And it's just it's adding up, adding up, adding up every year. And last year, the results were the same. Nothing was done. You can call us. 412-928-9370, the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. You can text us, 412-928-9370, brought to you by Edgar Steiner & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Okay, up next, Doran Dickerson. It's my two-year anniversary of being hired here. We have pulled together some of the worst moments of me. And I think a lot of people are going to laugh at me. You are. Mm-hmm. Callis will. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty spectacular stuff in here. We're, we're doing his bloopers now, right? Yes, and it's funny that he's not here because we're doing the bloopers. We're doing the bloopers, and he wants to skip out. Of course. What are you doing? Of course. What, are you <laughs> what were you doing? I was talking to Dunlap. He won, he won this award for the BSM Summit that's coming up next week, and I just wanted to congratulate him on it. And we got to talking. And then I missed the start of the segment. That's what happened. 
the segment that we're going to make fun of me. Is that is <laughs> yep. that is that what, what you guys saying. pointed out? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to make fun of myself. You know I'll make fun of myself. Tweet us. Brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. That is a terrible feeling when you're walking down the hall and you see that the light's on. Has that even ever happened to you? I don't think you've been late for one segment. No. No. Unprofessional. My apologies. I see that alert tower blink sometimes, and that scares me whenever that happens. Yeah, that's no good I know either. the feeling. Yeah. Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. All right, so I've been here now two years, Doran, and there have been a lot of bad takes, and there have been a lot of bad moments. There's been a lot of great moments, a lot of great takes. A lot of fun, though, the whole way through. And so we'll play some audio. But first, we kind of narrowed it down to my three worst takes. Number one. Hmm. Steelers should draft Malik Willis. Mm. The same Malik Willis that while Kenny Pickett was starting games and coming back and winning against Baltimore and against Las Vegas, this guy was getting benched in favor of Josh Dobbs for a must-win game. Yes. I wanted the Steelers to take Malik Willis. That was a good call by you. I would say he has not panned out. No, not yet. And I would say the jury's still out on Kenny, but I don't think Malik Willis is ever going to get a chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So that's a bad one. Whew. Second one. This from our guy, Callis, who reminded us of it this morning. I bullied Austin Hedges until he got a therapist. That is all on you. Mm-hmm. I still stand by. I wish the guy hit 212. And I, don't, I didn't see the value that a lot of the sabermetrics community seemed to see in Austin Hedges. But then he got the last laugh by going off to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So egg, meat, face. Yes. And number three. I guaranteed that Pitt was not going to make the NCAA tournament last year. They did. They won two games, and it cost me my hair. It did. Right here in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I was delighted. I'm sure that the listeners can think of some more, and you can text us at 412-928-9370. Here's one from last summer that it only took about, what, 10 hours after the show for me to be completely wrong. Oh, yeah, my guarantee. It better be good. I think Mitch Keller's going to throw a no-hitter tonight. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I guaranteed on June 6th that Mitch Keller was going to throw a no-hitter. Mitch Keller, June 6th, five and a third innings pitched, eight hits, five runs, five <laughs> earned, four walks, and only one strikeout. His seven appearances before that, Doran, 10 strikeouts, 8 strikeouts, 8 strikeouts, 13 strikeouts, 8 strikeouts, 8 strikeouts, 8 strikeouts. I ruined Mitch Keller yes, last you did. season. Yes, you did. I cursed him. Going to throw the, a no-hitter. You got the, eight hits. The curse and reverse curse. It was the worst start of his season to that point, Doran. On June 6th. But wait. There's more. This prior to the Steelers playing the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. Put this out on a Canva, Austin Bechtel. This is today's Canva? This is today's Canva. I think in the city of Pittsburgh, up until about 4.30 on Sunday, don't order chicken wings. Order boneless wings. Order boneless wings. I uh, A city-wide boycott of buffalo wings. We're far enough removed that I can admit how stupid that was. Well, that was pr- that's probably number one. In the two years. That's number one. I understood what you were trying to say, but you, there was a, but you asked for the Canva 
And Bechtel put it on the Canva, and it, I mean, what did it get over? A million some views? It did get a million views. Yes. So Craig probably liked it, but it made me look dumb to a million people. That was probably number one. And was it? Tyler, I was oh. uh, thinking about your Penguins career yesterday as I was preparing for the show today, and has it all been downhill since the Game 4 tic-tac-toe goal you scored against the Red Wings in the 9 Cup Final? Explain that. What do you mean downhill? I'm never going to live that <laughs> never one. Live that I'm one. never going to outlive that one. You know what? Now that I listen to that as well, you sound uninterested as you ask the question as well. You're so much... More full of energy now than that. I said the same thing. I Whenever mean, we were listening to it before the show, I'm like, you sound so much different now. That you was s- a lack. Of, that was a lack of confidence there. Because yeah, I, I, what s- I was trying to do was I was trying to liven it up with TK, and I was trying to make a joke. Like, man, it had to all have been downhill from there, huh, buddy? Like, what a moment! And it came off. You couldn't have sounded much less interested. Correct. Right. <laughs> Correct. Correct. But yes, yes, there is more. Shelby Cassessi, back when she was doing This Hits Different, I accidentally turned her microphone off too quickly, and then, well, this happened. So a group of Pittsburghers got together, and uh, we'll talk about what ex- Thank you, Shelby. <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> I was laughing because I cut her off, but the subject matter was a kid, a high school kid, who was overcoming great obstacles in their life. And it sounded like you were laughing at them. Yes. Like some some poor kid had a terrible disease and they were able to overcome it and, and go on to great things. And I'm laughing like a hyena oh, in the background. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And this. And when people stick up for Mike Tomlin, they will always say, there's a couple of bullet points. He'd get hired in 10 seconds. Anybody sticking up for Matt Canada, and it happens more with the local media, not not radio hosts, but the local beat writers. They're mm-hmm. the ones who stick up for Matt Canada. Our guy Mark Caballi, we'll get to later, kind of sticking up in his own way for Matt Canada. When they do that, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was I'm, I was locked in. I was on a roll when they stick up for Matt Canada. I'm like Blutarski in yeah. Animal House. When they stick up for Matt Canada, they will say, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's two years in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. Those weren't horrible. There were funny moments, though. A lot of those were whenever we were starting to try to get our groove, too. Yeah, no question. I didn't even put Bangrin on there. We could bring that up coming up Bangrin. in the next segment. But we'll wrap up the show coming up next. Thanks for making fun of me, guys. Sorry I was late. You saw the Pirates lineup, and you have an astute observation that I didn't think about. We'll tell you what that is. There's a new Pitt Bracketology update, and we have to laugh at Joe Starkey again. Yeah, the 50-minute mark on the fans brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, Ram Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. In this final segment here, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Before we get into the bracketology, before we get into Doran's astute Pirates lineup observation, before we get into making fun of Joe Starkey, there were two submissions for things that I've screwed up the last two years or weird moments on the show. 
One was when I thought that escaped convict from Philadelphia was going to try to kill us. Oh my God. And I was legitimately con- convinced of that to the point where I called you and Craig and said we had a murderer coming after us. That's a bad one. This actually right here might be my all-time favorite. Get to the chopper. That was awful. Bad. Up next, Bangrin. <laughs> Bangrin. I was trying to say Bengals regression may be on the horizon, and it Bangrin. came out like this. Bad. Up next, Bangrin. But really... All of this pales in comparison to the great Joe Starkey. Here's how he started his show yesterday. So I thought I was getting attacked on my genitals by a spider right before the show. Where? I was in with the boss and Crowley and Dickerson, and then I was coming to see you, and suddenly I felt something, and it really felt like I was being bitten. I feel like he undertold that story. Yes. Starkey yesterday whipped his pants off, his shoes off, Everything off. Wallet, keys on the ground, in Craig's office, because he thought he got bit on the genitals by a spider. Mm -hmm. And I would say for no less than 90 seconds, he was half naked, basically, in Craig's office. Yes. I I saw it it, it almost in disgust because he was taking his clothes off. So And I was sitting right next to where he was standing, so I ran to the other side of the room. And then the angle that I had, he started waving his underwear, and his junk was out. So... I've seen Starkey's junk. He goes, I got bit. I got bit. I got bit. <laughs> it slams the door. <laughs> Something bit me. And then after 90 seconds of various degrees of undress and flailing about and depending on the angle, some junk shots. False alarm. <laughs> what could it have been? So Starkey's on the way coming up in eight minutes. <sighs> He's joined today by Paul Zeiss. You pointed out Pirates lineup 105 against the Orioles. You got Paul Skeens, the starting pitcher. Henry Davis is the catcher. I do wonder how intentional that is. Are those guys going to presumably grow up together within this Pirates organization? My hope is it's not because you want to get the best out of Skeens and both guys are going to be in AAA. That's my concern. But we said this the other day. If you want Henry Davis to learn the position at the major league level... Pick two guys in your rotation. Make him the personal catcher for those guys. That way they develop a rapport. That way he gets comfortable. I love that idea. And when Skeens comes up at some point, now he'll have worked with Henry Davis a fair amount if they can keep doing this in spring training. I like that idea. Would you hate if Henry Davis started in AAA with Skeens? Yes. And they worked in AAA, and then at some point in the summer, they get brought back up together, and then they just hit the ground running? I get your point. Yeah, it would, it would tick me off because mm. I want I want them to win. They want to win. I think you win by having Henry Davis in the lineup more often than not. A couple days at catcher, maybe a day or two at DH, maybe a day or two in right field. You mix and match. But give him a couple of guys in the rotation to work with on a regular basis so he can develop a rapport, and then the learning curve's not that steep. He doesn't have to master the entire pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Give him a couple of guys. Obviously, have him work with the bullpen guys. I think I think that's kind of the middle ground there with Henry Davis. There's Starkey. Actually, can we wave Starkey in? Come on in, Starkey. We got to talk uh, about I'm... this. Callis, get the uh, get Starkey's microphone on here. Starkey, if you could please jump on the mic. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I've never been better, and I appreciate your inquiry. Yes. Pest Starkey. Control? What? Pest control. Good. Yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you Terminator? Did you only spend 26 <laughs> seconds yesterday on the on you getting bit in the crotch by a spider? I feel yeah, like Paul was feel... not interested in that enough. Yeah, well, 
what is Paul interested in? I'm still trying to figure that out here three days later. <laughs> I don't feel well. Because you got bit. No, I, I don't think I did get bit. What do then. you think happened then? Yes. You are something half was naked in Craig's my genital. <laughs> you can say groin. you can say scrotum. scrotum. <laughs> something was biting me. That I'm convinced of. But you never found the culprit. No, and then I find out later that Pony was having more blowouts than the 1960 World Series in here. So I also <laughs> wanted to ask you about that because yeah. I thought about calling off sick today because I didn't want to come in and get some sort of stomach virus. I walked right past him yesterday. I was having a little bit of gastrointestinal discomfort last night <laughs> and was fearful of walking in here today. I have a vat of cleaner fluid. <laughs> a vat. Thank you, gentlemen. We I don't wiped know what I'm down. talking about at 10 yet. I'm going to prepare the show in the next four minutes. Any other woodland creatures in your pants? Maybe you could start with that. No, I think we're good today. All right. Hi, Harry. We promised an update on the on the pit and the bracketology. They dropped two spots from 47 to 49 in the net rankings, Doran. The loss to Clemson, though, did not take them off of the, the next four out from, mm-hmm. from Lenardi. Mm-hmm, that's good. Problem is they don't have any resume builders the rest of the way until the ACC tournament. Yes, they got to do it there. So you know what you you know what I had said they're not going to get in unless they win the ACC tournament. Here's how they might be able to. You need carnage in front of you. You win these next three games because you can ill afford to take any more blemishes on your resume. You beat whoever it is in round one, Syracuse, which is fine. You play North Carolina next, where they are in the standings. You beat North Carolina, that is a big win. Yes, and you'd have a shot. You would have a shot. I don't know if it's a good shot. I don't really know. But I think they would maybe now have a shot. Because I follow a couple of other bracketologists, and they're not at, like they're still appearing on all of those next four out or next next four out lists. Like It didn't kick them totally out. We'll see. Let's go. That was fun with Joe. Yeah. He's got a vat a of vat. cleaner. Vat. He said it with such emphasis. Vat. I, he's, he's like me, but tenfold. Like, I came in here, I scrubbed everything down today. He's going to do it. I'm surprised he didn't walk in here with a hazmat suit, to be honest. Right. All right, tomorrow, you know what we're talking about. Omar Khan's going to speak today at 3.30. Oh, yeah. We'll be able to react to that. Maybe get a little insight into what the Steelers are going to do this offseason. Like it. He's not going to tell us anything. Nothing. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks today. High 38. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.